It has been a while, but welcome back to yet another episode of the Skyline Podcast. Joining me today for the season in review and postseason look ahead. Welcome back, Trent and D. Rich. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. We are doing great. Doing great. That is good to hear. So we have a couple races that we're going to be looking at here. Uh, the North is God knows what's going to happen there. Before we get there, let's knock the one division out of the way that already has their three teams clinched the Pacific. The Angels, Dodgers, and Mariners are all going to the postseason, as all three of us predicted on the preseason podcast. All three of us had Seattle winning the division, followed by California and Los Angeles. Swap California and Seattle, and we could all be correct. California has locked up the one seed. Los Angeles and Seattle are in a battle for that two seed. Which team do you guys think? Which team do you guys think has the edge between the Angels and the Mariners? Well, fuck. They're seventeen games apart. I think I'm going to take the team that's seventeen games up. No, I'm asking Seattle and the Dodgers, not the Angels. Oh, well, you said Oof. Angels. Oh, I did. I think Oof. I was looking at Los Angeles when I said that. Yeah. Sorry, Los Angeles and Seattle. I I lean the same way I did at the beginning of the season. Um, I I still lean Seattle. I like this Dodgers team. It. On paper, certainly the way they played is the best Dodgers team we've ever seen. But I still don't. I don't love them. I don't love them as I could. I don't feel good betting on them to win a, a series at all. Um, thing, they just look like a team that's overperformed quite quite a bit. I, it's I nice that Paul Leggert has stepped up, but the bullpen I don't have faith in, and it's been basically the best bullpen in baseball. And I don't know if they can score runs. I uh, only. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think that it's uh, really objectively all that close. Uh, Seattle scored more runs and has allowed less runs. I mean, they're better than L.A. None of that really means anything. I mean, these two teams are going to play in the series. Uh, that's pretty obvious. And there's nobody that Seattle hates playing more than Los Angeles. Nobody. They always win uh, somehow. Somehow yep. these Dodgers always win. I don't. They see always it. play the Mariners and they always win. So, yeah, so don't call me a in, moron it, yeah. when the Mariners, you know, the Mariners are definitely going to lose. Just don't call us idiots because <laughs> it should be. It should. The, the Mariners should wipe the floor with the Dodgers, I think. I think this Dodgers team has just been the the product of a lot of luck in every way, particularly offensively. They, much like the Angels, they're unbelievable with running runners in scoring position. The base is loaded. They don't leave a lot of guys on. Doesn't look like a superpowered offense, but you put nine clutch hitters in the lineup and you're gonna score runs. Uh most amazing thing that's happened in LA is Keith Finkel. Uh did not see that coming. Other than that, nothing looks really truly ridiculous, right? Didn't like see Keith Finkel coming, huh? Keith I Finkel has just been a stud since coming to LA. I, I well, he I had the one shit a year, coming. didn't he? Even yeah, that was his first year. He had he had a sub seven hundred OPS, and the next year he comes back with a nine forty two OPS and six WAR. Twenty twelve, yeah. he has an eight eighty three OPS and two and a half WAR, and this year he's got an eight sixty OPS with four point three WAR. Yeah, it seems in line. I mean, that was that was kind of when LA took that leap from being a middle of the pack team to being an upper echelon team. Was going from a, a garbage first base, whatever, whatever the fuck they go. I don't even know what he is. What, where is he even playing this year? I'm not. He sure. is playing first base. He is yeah. playing first base. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of things you could look at this uh, uh, Taylor Monahan guy. I'm not totally sure that I saw that coming. 
um, straight from double A to the pros. But uh, but there are a couple of interesting decisions that needs to happen here. Uh, L.A. is going to get a pitcher back after the last sim in Mike Michelson. It'll be interesting to see what happens to uh, Logan Weed, uh, the more direct of the two Doobie brothers. Who? Uh, what happens there? Does he go to the bullpen? Is he not on the postseason roster? And then the sim after that, uh, going to miss the first series. But then Kyle Burris comes back. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Michael does with uh, Kyle Burris. Uh, He's been out for two months. It'll be two months and a couple of weeks uh, before he pitches again. What do you do with a guy like that? Do you just throw him right in? He was really good, obviously, during the regular season while he was healthy. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't entirely know what's going to happen. I'd have no qualms putting Burris directly back in the rotation. Um, I don't think the rotation's super deep. Uh, it's it's Phillips well. one leg at two. That's about it. Yeah, Savage I, I, is a I, Savage is a competent three, but not someone I, I want out there. I, I think the competent three is very optimistic. I think he's a competent five and an okay four. If I'm if he's my third in my rotation, I'm not feeling good at all. Um, I would do whatever it takes to get Burst back there. Now Logan Weed, I think he's a little too high on that 35 movement. I wouldn't fuck with him at all. I think he's not ready for the playoffs. I worry that he's not going to be ready ever, but I, I I wouldn't want to pitch him. He's he's just not shown anything. He's not shown that he's a competent starting pitcher. He's not ready for the playoffs. Certainly not against the Mariners. Yeah, I mean with how the, uh, well this bullpen has performed, they just need to get there. They've got Araujo. They've got John Ford and his forty saves. Do you, even, uh, do you trust Maddox this bullpen? Araujo is legit. Benavidez has been there. John Ford is legit. That's a that's a strong one, two, three. And Maddox Renouf has been fantastic this year, and he was great in San Diego too. That, I like that's a Renouf. quality four man bullpen there. I thought that was actually um, the highlight of Michael's year from a GM perspective. I thought picking up Renouf, a lefty, it was a it was a nice move, and he pitched great. But I don't I don't look at this bullpen and see a top two bullpen in baseball. I uh, I don't know if I trust John Ford. John Ford's had such a weird career. I'm not looking at the game, so give me a break, but John Ford was garbage until he got to Miami. Pitched great there for one year, went to L.A., still great. It's I'm still kind of apprehensive. Like I don't think he's shown quite enough for me to be confident. I mean, the, the biggest difference is that his last year in Vegas, across 48 innings, he walked 44 batters. He has not walked that many batters in 60-plus innings, or excuse me, 55-plus innings in each of the last uh, four years. His walk rate has been cut nearly in half. Yeah, and that so that's been the biggest change. And that's not a that's not a ballpark issue. That's just a fucking Jay and Michael are lucky sons of bitches. That's what it is. I don't I think, think he's that, gotten better. I don't know. I think that John Ford's really damn good. I sort of like this bullpen. I'm not really surprised looking at this that they're a really good bullpen. Now, I think that some of this in the regular season is, you know, an okay bullpen. In the playoffs, you're you're sweating it a little bit more than you were in the regular season, obviously. But I don't know. I think you have to feel pretty confident if your seven, eight, nine goes Renouf Aruvo Ford. I think that's pretty yeah, good. I think it's good enough. Um, I think it's good enough to be a playoff team. But this is the reason why this is a top three. By record, um, we all know the records are pretty inflated on the West Coast. But this is kind of why they're so good is the bullpen. Say what you want. This is also a team that that had the most interleague wins, 49 interleague wins, these Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. 
Yeah, we know. You guys don't shut up about it. We we get it. You guys are great. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna come at us with getting to feast on the bottom division, we're just gonna talk about what happens when we get to feast on the rest yeah. of the league. Hey, you know what? I think that the Dodgers are relatively legitimately good. I think they're one of the best three to six teams in the entire sky. Sure, and, I agree there. And I think that that record is still inflated by the bottom of the Pacific. Two things can be true at once, right? Like they they can I think be that's, legitimately I think that's fair. good. Yeah, I think and, they'd win similar games. Or, you know, it's a 92-win team in any other division, which is a team that's good enough to make the playoffs and certainly good enough team to make a run. They're probably not as good as the record indicates, but I think right. they've just been a, been the product of a lot of luck. And the bullpen's part of that. Um, just about every guy in the bullpen has a, a much higher FIP than ERA. It, I just am not terrified of it, and I, I don't trust them, the bullpen. And I'm not kidding. I mentioned this just real quickly, but you look at their performance, their batting stats with runners in scoring position. It's like a, just like the Angels. Uh, the OPS is 100 points higher with, with bases, with guys in position to score. It's, I, don't, I don't have faith in that. Um, certainly not trying to bitch about this team because it's the best Dodger team we've ever seen, I think. But I'm not that terrified. I, I just would think the Mariners you, are miles better. Would you favor either of these teams in a seven-game series against the Angels? No. Um, the Mariners, is I would have to think about. I could see favoring the Mariners just because the rotation, we're talking just strictly a four-man rotation. The Mariners' rotation stacks up just to the Angels as good as anyone in baseball. You don't. I don't think you give the edge to any starter. It's close enough, one through four. So... Yeah, I mean, I think that I would – I think the Mariners are better, and there's no guarantee that they beat Los Angeles. If anybody cares, uh, L.A. holds the tiebreaker against Seattle, so if those teams tie, that series will start in L.A. Uh, if that matters, I don't know. Either way, these teams are going to play a five-game series, and the winner gets the Angels. Uh, I agree with D. Rich. Uh, I'm now I've now switched over to Seattle. Uh, really don't see a whole. Really like this bullpen. Really like this rotate rotation. Sam Manzo, Manzo, whatever we're gonna call him, has been a beast since joining the Mariners. Just a beast. Seven starts, an ERA under two. Like legitimately, say it out loud. And just, just incredible. Ju- just Dustin's usual bullshit. Right. Unbelievable. Dustin. The guy who we all bitched about just does nothing. He gets aggrating. Thank God the karma comes and it bites him in the ass. He calls up a guy who doesn't ever really ask for anything from his superstars. He gives up McCorkle for a bag of Cracker Jacks. Gives up Manzo for a fucking reliever spec. It's just pitiful that these all get donated to the top of the Pacific. But it makes two great teams. I never officially asked, but I considered thinking about going to get Manzo. And, oh, uh, he would have said, you know what he would have said? He would have said, yeah, I don't like anybody on your team. Right. Uh, and right. he really traded him to Dustin for a fucking reliever spec and called it's, it a day. It's Pitiful. really, really strange. And I put something on Slack that if, of course, he's kicking ass in Seattle. He would have sucked if he'd have gone to Philly. And if he had gone to Atlanta, he would have gotten hurt. And, he would have. Uh, 
He would have. I would have probably not even put him on the 40-man roster and let him get rule fived again. That <laughs> son of a bitch. God. And so, I'm, but I'm, yes. <laughs> Manzo is kind of my white whale. I gotta. I just got to talk a little bit. I'm so pissed. It was like 2006. We're starting to take off. The 40-man's actually kind of full. It's contested for the first time in Atlanta history. Manzo is like a 45 35 40 pitcher he's 25 he's garbage goes to the rule five gets picked up and i'm like the next dev report jumps 20 points across the board and he becomes a fucking star you want to hear uh, the best thing about this he was a second round rule five pick this pathetic is, so this obviously is... i didn't make a bad call it's not an atlanta problem if he falls to the second round right it's no it's just bullshit this, this is just bullshit this is totally this yeah. is backed up by scouting report history, as it turns yeah. out. And it's, this, oh, this is really Toronto draft him, so I can't blame Dustin. Dustin is like the third; he's had fourths on this guy. But right. I'm still just I hate Dustin for having him. It makes me sad. Dustin is a son of a bitch. Um, I stand by everything I said on the last pod. Dustin sucks. I hate him. It just makes me it makes me mad. But I like the pick. I I think it's a good a good pickup for Dustin. It was a great pickup for Dustin. I, uh, Dustin. How, how different? Imagine this team with Eggerding. Just, yeah. just imagine this, these four, Manzo in there, and then Eggerding instead of uh, Jake Drees. I don't even think you would want Manzo. I think you don't want to ever run a five-man rotation in the playoffs. Manzo doesn't even see the field if they have Eggerding, right. which is crazy to think Man, about. Manzo is still a pirate, or perhaps Gosh. he's somewhere else if, if yeah. they have Eggerding. Yeah. He might be in Atlanta. Yep. But you know, we don't have any we don't have any prospects who are good enough for Manzo. We don't have any prospects who are as good enough as some garbage reliever spec. I mean, he is a very good reliever spec. Yeah, I don't think so actually. My scout's pretty low on him. This the numbers look good, so we'll see about Zaragoza, but I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. No, I, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna be wrong, but I'm gonna pick uh I'm gonna pick uh Seattle to win that series and go on to face the Angels. And then you know what? Good luck to both of you. Like, honestly, yeah. may yeah. the best team I'm, win. I'm flip with a, you. Flip a fucking coin. I hope like, uh, I hope the winner's in the Pacific this year. Sounds sounds fucked up for me to say, but right. you, guys are, you guys are the two best teams. You deserve it. You right. should win. And watch I, Mike just ruin fucking everything. Yeah. He probably will. He always does. Mike likes to ruin just about everything. He is sort of a ruiner. Yeah. That's his... Yeah. That's his... Yeah. That's his... Uh, that's his game that's what he does he ruins yeah. things yeah you with, know what i was actually the, gonna i was gonna start this podcast by apologizing for being abrasive and rude last time but they say at least i've read this that when you're drunk your true feelings come out <laughs> i kind of thought about that and i said man that's crazy but the more i think is drunk words or sober thoughts the more i realized that i mean i meant every word i meant every word about dustin and michael those guys are sons of bitches, and everything breaks their way, and I hate them. That's it. I mean, even Dustin. Let's just talk about dumb Dustin. That guy's a – we think he's a firefighter, right? He's a firefighter in Seattle. The rain does all your work for you, so he doesn't have to do shit at work. He just sits around, does nothing at the video game, gets aggroding, gets Alvarado, gets Deering. All these sons of bitches learned pitches. He didn't do shit. Oh, oh, got a got a fire to run off to? Let me get in my fire truck. Oh, oh no, the rain put it out. Frank, dude, get off your ass and do something. So, but I just I, I really do want a classic 
six, seven game Seattle, California, Mariners, Angels, great series. Oh, uh, we're for the ages. I really want it to happen. Now it's not going to be a D rich sort of series because there's going to be an awful fucking lot of low scoring games. <laughs> like the pitching matchups are just otherworldly. It's, right? it's like, so exciting. Uh, I, I'm I, totally with you. I mean, but I really want to see it. Like, who doesn't want to see Alvarado go against DLC in game one? You know, that's just sexy. Yeah. Just so cool. Yeah, so, we talk, we, we joke about having a California Atlanta series because they're right. kind of the best teams and they can theoretically meet in the finals and it's never happened. But the, the Braves have not been better than the Mariners for like the last three seasons. So if, right. if anything, we should be complaining. We haven't seen the Mariners and the Angels play. Right. They're the two best teams of baseball. I, mean, I don't it. think we've played since 2012 because we or 2010. I don't think we lost. Angels lost, I believe, to the. No, sorry, we beat uh, the the Dodgers in 2011. I believe 2010. Uh, the Mariners beat the Angels in seven. Yep, they did. The the year they won it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that would have been the last time that you guys played. Mm-hmm. It was the year that Seattle won it all. Yeah. Yep. When they snuck in in game 157. Yeah. Yeah. Back in, in the era when we had pity for Seattle. If if so. this Angels team does not win it, I don't know what to do. This is the best Angels team I've ever had. The record indicates it. The run differential indicates it. The the offense indicates it. If we put up 24 run, 23 runs this last time, we get 1,000 runs. Yeah, I mean, this... Aguilar has been a man possessed in the second half of the season. Uh, uh, Luis Noyola leads the West in war. De La Cruz is probably going to win pitcher of the year. If we can't win it with this team, I do not know what to do. Yeah, I... I'm with you. You you absolutely deserve a title or at least a deep run. You know, if you lose to one of the best teams in baseball, what can you do? But it, right. it's a disappointment if you guys go just lose right out of the gate. I think this team is I... special. I think if California makes it all the way to the finals and loses to the Mets because Pons is otherworldly in the playoffs, so be it, right? Like, but, yeah. but if California, you know, wins the division with 110, 112 wins or whatever the hell it is. And, and then it, loses to Seattle yeah. or Los Angeles. It's just yeah, another lo- lost season. See, exactly. I don't know, man. I think if you guys, let's say you lose to Seattle in seven. Like, we see this great series. And Michael's not there to fuck it up. Then I... I it certainly sucks, but you can't kick yourself too much because Seattle's such a great team. What it, really it, sucks the, about the, years past the only is that you lost to the that, Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers ruin it. Um, See, and if you tell me that in, if you tell me that in 2008 in the middle of this run, I'm probably on board with you. But it's been, it's been 11 years now. I know. I understand. And trust me, if of all GMs in this, league, I you understand. I should understand. But I Seattle's think, uh, special. And it was just like when I was losing to the Pirates in 2006 and seven, when that team was really at its peak. The Mariners are peaking right now. So, I don't know. I feel for you. I do, but if you lose to the Dodgers, I really will pity you. Yeah, if that's you lose to that... the Mariners. It's kind of a shrug for me. Right. Yeah, I think that losing losing to the Dodgers is different than losing to Seattle, I think. Um, and I also think that it depends on what sort of series you get, right? Um mm-hmm. But but in any event, I mean about this Angels team, we should talk about them a little bit and not let Jake do it or we'll be here all night. Yeah, but, no, well, uh, I'm not gonna talk about but, it. I've I've but, said uh, my piece about Noel yeah, Just posted it just posted on stats on Stat Central. Stat Central. But uh but yeah, I mean I think a couple of interesting things are gonna happen. Uh Salmonen comes back. 
this next sim. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Osborne's out now. That hurts. He's been incredible. One of the lucky things that happened to uh, California this year. Is One of play. the many, many lucky things. Rob, Robbins and Osborne, the two uh, left side of the infield guys, uh, have just been otherworldly. Sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and uh, uh, there's sort of an interesting connection. Jake and I were talking about this before we started, D. Rich, that uh, Robbins, now an angel, used to be a Dodger and was traded to the Tigers for Paul Leggett. That's right. In, I, a, uh, in a trade that looks really stupid right now. Yeah, how was that fan? How's that fan interest treating you, Eric? <laughs> you dumbass. Yeah, but uh, one of the other things that's interesting that happens too. This is more guys coming off the DL. What do you do? Uh, Jorge Rivera has been on the DL since June, mid June, and comes off. And if when he comes off, I think the Angels need him because of Osborne's injury, and so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, yeah, he might be rusty. It's it's tough. The Angels aren't. Um, I actually wanted to have a little talk about whether this is the best team we've ever seen in Sky. They're certainly in that conversation. It'd be fun to talk about, but just for a so. moment, I would say just for a moment, let me talk about the Angels because we talked about them in preseason. We knew their rotation was probably the best in history. Five deep, really strong. But they had a couple holes. Um, I didn't think their defense was up to par. I thought they had a big weakness at shortstop. I didn't trust them. I didn't. I don't know if I trust Salmon. And you know, they Salmon is only playing versus right-handed guys. Like it's not totally top to bottom filled. But everything this Angels team not only is great, but everything broke their way this year. Mm-hmm. It almost feels poetic because Chris Robbins didn't get signed in free agency. He got signed like I don't know when you signed him, Jake. Was it like a week into the regular season? Uh, like no, that? he uh, we he had spring training with us. He had a full spring training with us. It was, we signed it was, him right at the beginning. Yeah. It or was, no, he uh, had a half a spring training. We signed him that first spring training sim. Yeah, it was. Okay, uh, so, so after baseball even already started, I guess is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Right. Because I remember I signed Cruz Garcia about the same time. Yeah, you did. Uh, it was kind of interesting that you went with Robbins. You went with the worst player for the better personality. Robbins had the best year of his career, essentially. Certainly one of them. I know he cooled off towards the end of the year. But halfway, at the halfway point, it was by far his best start ever. And then you Trent men, mentioned Mark Osborne, my my pal from Chico, California. Uh, another guy I thought was a weakness hit 340. The bullpen never had any issues. And Jesus, don't even get me started on this team and with runners in scoring position. It's been incredible what they've done, how clutch their hitting is. Um, I don't know, I'm not looking at the at out of the park but I know the Braves are the second best offense in baseball, and uh, California sco- scored what, like sixty runs more than us? Seventy runs? A hundred? I don't know. They did score so like let's thirty see, the, runs. Uh, the Atlanta Braves have scored eight hundred ninety runs. The California Angels have scored nine seventy-seven. Yeah, that's insane. They've scored eighty runs more than us. Um, look at the, what's the WOBA? Can you tell me that? Because I think they're about the same. That, I, I believe, can be looked up in S+. Let's take no, a look here. Right here. The Angels' WOBA as a team is .367, and the Braves is .362. Oh, oh, I man. see, I see okay, different we've had a bad, S+. We've had a bad couple sims, and the Angels have did I light the Pacific up for about The numbers 30, I see in S+, a 369 WOBA for the Angels, a 364 WOBA for the Braves. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Well, either way, you guys are about five points higher than us now. But for most of the year, we were two or three points higher than you and always trailing in runs, in particular because with runners in scoring position, the Angels were sporting about a 950 OPS all year, which is like just it's it's unbelievable. Ungodly. We yeah. have since Ungodly. fallen to 914. Well, yeah. OK, things are evening out for sure. Um, you guys have gotten hotter and somehow got, gotten worse with the scoring position. So maybe I'm I'm talking about shit that doesn't matter anymore. I honestly truly think that the X factor in the postseason will be Arturo Aguilar. Because if you look at how he's been doing this year, he has been getting hotter. He was the August pitcher of the month. We we talked about I that was all that Stat Central was about on his track to 218 wins. Again, congratulations, Arturo. I fucking love you. But over the last three months, he has four pitching war. He is 12 and one in his last 16 starts, a sub 2.2 ERA. If he can be that pitcher and not the pitcher that's shown up in the postseason the last few seasons, that's going to yeah. be the biggest difference. That's a big oh, difference. Man. Yeah, that's a big difference. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I was a little worried about this bullpen. Jemerson came in, really has done very well, stabilized it, so that was a good move. All in all, I mean, it's it's tough to see a hole. I mean, I'm not sure there is one. You got to look. You got to yep. look hard to find a hole in this team. That's how good they are. And that's why I've, I've kind of nitpicked certain things like shortstop defense or even center field defense. I thought it was going to be a problem. But Aguilar's been reg- relatively healthy lately, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some injury trouble early. But once he's been a regular and the production you've got out of Robbins at shortstop, who at, really at this point is kind of a converted second baseman, you took a an aging second baseman, threw him on shortstop at the best team in history, and... Yeah, he stepped he's up a break. E- he's a break-even shortstop. Oh man, yeah. it's it's just one of the most talented teams ever, and everything's breaking their way. No this... one's been a disappointment. Everything's everyone's lived up to the hype. It's it's a perfect storm, and it's impossible to say anything bad about the Angels because everything's this, this is their year. About the players, about the GM, you can say some some shit. Well, right, oh yeah, he's He sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake, whatever. Jake Jake's ego is. Large and that ship sailed a long time ago, but but long, long, long ago, right? But but the Angels have also this is one of the reasons I'm more than willing to call them one of the best teams ever, if not the best team ever. They've broken run differential, they have oh, a yeah. they have a 200 run differential better than their nearest competitor. Like, it's say incredible. it out loud, it is absolutely off the reservation. Can you guys it. tell me the number? I think it was like 350, we're, we're plus 425 right now. Oh, yeah, because you guys scored like 35 we, uh, runs. Yeah, so Boston. over the last three weeks, over the last two weeks, excuse me, we've put up 17 against the uh, Diamondbacks, 11-13 against Vegas, and we put up 27 on San Francisco. Yeah, it's 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 this is crazy. It is crazy, and it's not a knock. I'm, I'm just kind of trying to find a way to put this team down to earth because – Otherwise, it's just no fun to say the Angels are the best and they're going to win, and everyone else is fucked. And well, yeah, see, loses. I do not but, think it's a guarantee that they're going to win, even though no, I do think no. they're the no, best. No, it's it's so. definitely not. They deserve it, but they probably won't win. If I and, if and I had it's, to bet, it's going to hurt so much. Yeah, that's a good question. You taking the Angels or the field, D. Rich? Go. Oh, the field. You got to take the field all day. Yeah, I think you got to take the field. 
But who, just who's like, it? what are the angels? The, One okay, of three so to win it? That's probably uh, yeah, about right. They've got to be. Yeah. I mean, they've got to be the odds-on favorite. Right. For sure. No doubt. No doubt. All I'm right. Enough, but anything but the angels. Uh, yeah. Enough about that. No one else cares about the Pacific besides, well, the people in the Pacific. Uh, let's stay in the West. Head over to the Central and the Simpson brothers. Uh, Houston has clinched a playoff spot. Milwaukee's magic number two clinch is one. Beyond that, uh, got no, got no clue really. Uh, Texas yep. is technically alive, um, but they need to win out, have Chicago lose out, and need some help from Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City is four games back of Chicago. They need some help there. Uh, Chicago, they control their destiny. They could finish anywhere from first to out of the playoff race. Um, it's interesting. Chicago has a pretty easy last sim here. They go to Colorado and then have the White Sox. Oh, at man. Wrigley. And so I think Chicago gets a lot of wins. I think four is almost a guarantee. It's almost um, conservative. Right. And it's got a, they've got a chance for a five, six win sim. And so that makes it interesting. Plus, Houston and Milwaukee have to play that Who's series twice for Chicago. Uh... Who's pitching that first start? Because that could make Lee Frederick. Lee Frederick. Oh, that's All not right. good. Yeah, that's not going to that's not going to get me hard at all but right it's yeah. something still four four wins would be a disappointment honestly yeah. if you're the cubs yeah so i think that i don't think that texas has a chance just just too many things need to happen i'm rooting against kansas city per my usual arrangement um but uh oh, i'm i'm rooting for kansas city based on that fantastic conversation that i missed out on this morning about pittsburgh and and matt just throwing throwing haymakers to everyone who's won a championship <laughs> i loved it can't wait to talk about it when we get to the, the Pirates, but... Oh, my gosh. I love the, it. Uh, I hated it and everything it stood for and thinks he should be embarrassed, and all of his <laughs> family members should, too. Um, but that's really neither here nor there. Uh, I I really like the Cubs in this division, like both in the playoffs and actually to have a chance to win it. Um, uh I think it's interesting. This Cubs team is so beat up. Uh, nothing's going to change on the pitching staff for the playoffs. They're just going to have to muddle through. They do get Luis Mojica back in a couple of weeks, and goddamn, do they need him. Uh, Ryan actually put something on Slack today about, like, he's down to a fourth string second baseman who's starting, and it actually has an Matt OPS Kerstetter plus of negative 11. Mm-hmm. Of negative 11. His OPS is 331. That is not his... That's an area code. That is not his slugging percentage. That is his on-base plus his slugging percentage. It is incredible. He looks like a guy that I wouldn't have on my Major League roster. So maybe Ryan... He looks like a guy that I would not have on my AA roster. I know, but Ryan, like... I don't know. Is there really no one else you could roll the dice with? I'm not sure. I mean, Mojica's is hurt. Condos hurt. Strayer's hurt. Yeah, I, I know, but he... if, if a guy clearly sucks, maybe it's time to just try someone else. It's sort of funny, right? Like, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but but I, I can't quit the Cubs. That lineup looks really good one through five. I'll tell you what. Um, and uh, and Ron Luffler, Rolo, been great. Best love of his life. Yeah. Love I, thought we gave, uh, I thought I gave him the kiss of death last year. Well, you did. I damn, I, I damn near did give him the kiss of death last year. He uh, he revived himself. Right. 
I did get rocked in his last outing, seven earned uh, across an inning in two thirds against the Cardinals. Boy, look at that. ZRA went up nearly a third of a run, one start. Yeah, man, 2.8 is not as nice as it was earlier. Yikes. 2.85 is not as good as 2.6. No, it is not. Big difference. 2.5 is uber sexy, right? So, good Lord. Man, the the sausage injury also kills them. That hurts a lot. That was was like their big advantage was having a catcher. Oh, yeah. And losing San Ming Yu, sausage. Just remember his name, Sausage. Sausage is the best. It's just a fantastic name. So. I mean, this this team starts and ends with its uh, four lefty mashers. Uh, John Schwab, 36 home runs, 106 RBIs, nearly eight war. Matt Rowland making up for last year and more, nearly five war, 1,027 OPS out of that DH spot. Potential rookie of the year, Jacob Shaver. 941 OPS, nearly five war. And Sean King, just like his predecessors, nearly five war, a 914 OPS and 34 home runs. Those four players have combined for nearly, or sorry, more than half of the Cubs' 211 team home runs. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's crazy. You have four guys hitting over. Four guys are going to hit more than 35 bombs. That's... That's damn near unprecedented. Let's Th- those three players have hit 74% of the Cubs' home runs. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. I mean, uh, I like the Cubs a lot. I think they've got a chance to make some noise. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Brewers. They'd be next. This is one of two teams we will talk about that wins their games by scoring because they have no starting pitching. They are well, fourth. They are fourth in the West in runs scored and 11th in runs against. They hit and do not pitch, which is sort of ridiculous if you look at both the lineup and the pitching staff, because you would think sort of the opposite. They have Stefan Williams. Yeah, he hasn't been very good. They have Sean Lowe, who's been worse than the actor. They have all sorts of guys who should be pretty good, and they're not. And then you go to the lineup, and you're like, who the hell is Chris Santiago? And how the fuck does he have five more? <laughs> and you can just keep going like this forever and ever and ever on this team. Oh, man. It is incredible how this happens. Hey, do you think that... I was... So now I we're kind of really hoping. I was really hoping Santiago would hit, like, 380 this year. It looked like he was going to. He was the leader he in... Hit five, he OPS. hit 525 in, in April. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was just retarded how good he was. But I, I look at this Brewers team, and I see the starting pitching sucking, and I see these random guys hitting a ton of – they're just hitting. They're just flat-out hitting. Even Jim Brandon, a guy we – I think in the uh, preseason pod we talked about, maybe this is, this is a horrible extension. This guy is going to be very soon the most overpaid happy, guy in the sky. Happy 31st birthday, Jim Brandon, yesterday. Fucking hitting 350. Just yep. like he didn't miss a beat. He's well, going to fuck around and win a batting title this year. He yeah. he is he made us look stupid. Now that does not mean that we were wrong. I this, don't think we're wrong. This extension has not kicked in yet. He has I think we're zero dollars right. of that extension. Right. I think we're very right because it hasn't happened yet. Right. But it makes like, me think that maybe those Brewers teams of old, the Brewers teams that were great and won a hundred games and were contenders for the championship. Yep. Was that a load of shit too? Like, were these guys <laughs> actually that good? Huh. I don't know. I kind of think it's something's in the water there where everyone just hits. 
it's crazy because it's the beer cheese. I'm telling you, Jorge Aguilar, who they got in trade as part of the deal for Pruitt, had they a looked great at Babe Ruth year. and said, had they a looked great at Babe Ruth year. and said, let's make sure every every one of our players is on the Babe Ruth diet. Right. Let's make sure they're just fat. Just something that is around. going to hurt. Gene Gators is done for the year. He is out eight months with a broken bone in his elbow. He was worth three and a half or mind you, he was a minus 12.8 in right field. Somewhere. Uh, But he was also hitting 925 with an OPS plus of 140. Somewhere in here, Andrew's going to switch from Chardonnay to like, you know, Russian vodka. Because right before that injury happened, he extended Gators. Oh, man. And now he's. Weird extension. And, and now he's not only out for the rest of this year, but it's going to go into next year. That's an eight-month injury. I mean, he's not going to be back until maybe late June. Yeah. He's going to miss Probably the half latest. of next season after the extension. And he extended him pretty recently. It was so, not like a June extension. It I was. Hate, I hate. Um, I hate when people get excited about guys getting injured. I'm not happy about Gene Gators getting hurt. I'm certainly not a cunt like Jay who just applauds it when I don't, gets don't, hurt. Yeah, don't, don't applaud other people getting injured. That's, oh, that's yeah, just good. not a good look. It's, just it's not a good look. Yeah, it's Jay, you're the worst. Yeah, that was just, this is really just me focusing on what a piece of shit Jay is. Right. But well, we all know Jay is a piece of shit. But right. I can't, I, personally, Flying fuck I'm, I'm slightly excited that Gators got hurt because <laughs> it means Joe Marble's going to get a chance to play. Hopefully in the playoffs. Are you sure? I think that Marble... would mean that Schumacher is headed to right field and with his thirty-five range. Maybe Joe Marble goes there with his whatever thirty-five range. Thirty. Fuck it. I don't know. It's right. Where field. he was, at, he was a minus eight and a half zone rating at first base in AAA this year. If you want to outscore that's people, impressive. that's what you do. But I just I look at Joe Marble, one of the, my favorite players, who might, who knows, he might get his number retired in Atlanta. I look at him and Gene Gators, and they're. They're damn near identical players, and he went with Gators over Marble. Both were great this season. Marbles, albeit in very limited action. Joe Marble uh, was extended as well. Yeah, and Marble made like you have to tell me his contract, but it's like as as low, 1. close to the minimum. One point four million. One point four, and Gators making ten times as much. And I didn't, I didn't like the smell of that. I thought that they they're pretty equal players. Actually, the. Um, who probably steps in for, for Gene Gators is Jeremy Durham. He's someone that we talked about a couple years ago in the midseason pod when he was with St. Louis. Yeah. Um, and he shit the bed that following year, 671 OPS, bounced around to AAA, was claimed by Milwaukee off of waivers. He has started 21 games, has an OPS of 804, and has played positive defense. Yeah, well, he's a big defensive improvement. That's, and he, one of the... that's the thing. He's the right. much bigger defensive improvement. Um, he's been, he's probably who who gets the nod over Gators. Yeah, over Be... Marble, over Lozano. We'll see. I uh... and beyond that, he's a righty bat. All these other guys are left-handed bats. This team can't play defense for crap, so that'll be interesting to see. That's why I'm like just double down, let my boy Marble out there. For all the Joe Marbles, just let him play. Andrew does things like this. He coaxed a one-plus war season out of Galad Adams, whoever the hell that is. Oh, so, man. Everyone I, I put on waivers goes to winning, win a platinum, platinum stick in Milwaukee. Only just catchers. Don't... Only catchers. That's true. Gosh. Stephon Gaddison, you fucking idiot. 
But never, you never feel comfortable waving anybody when Andrew's just lurking. Didn't there like Nesto Zaragoza when I? Uh, yeah, it's just or, stupid. Uh, how how I uh, drew that? No, or Nesto Zaragoza. Oh wait, that's not. No, right. he was. Is it? Is it? It's Hector? close enough. Hector, Hector, Hector. Is that the guy? Is that wait? Is that the reliever who just got traded for Manfred? Yes, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> no, and it's by Hector the way, I think stuff. he's actually pretty good. My scout likes him a lot, but that's really uh, I'm maybe a little iffy. maybe it's not maybe it's not Zaragoza. Who was it? Check Platinum uh, Stick from like two years ago when Milwaukee uh, was good. Uh, come on, where is it? Uh, was that right? It, I think it is Zaragoza. Zendejas, Rogelio Same Zendejas. Sh- that's almost tied the same. He had a 788 OPS in 2000. <laughs> uh, what do you have? That's uh, right. Yeah, Zendejas. Uh, uh, no, the person I was thinking of actually, Ernesto Guajardo. That's who I was thinking of. 2009, a 789 OPS, 2.7 WAR. Okay, I'm a little lost, but I am too. The, I don't. The point remains the same: is that Andrews, a lucky son of a bitch, and I hate everyone Ernesto better than me. Ernesto Guajardo. Or Nestle Hardos, who you need to look at. Yep. All right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that it seems very common that these hitters come to Milwaukee and they just hit. They hit like they never hit before. They hit like beautiful angels. Beautiful things. You want to talk about someone who hits really, really well? If you say Trujillo, I'm going to be upset with you. I'm about to say Trujillo. All right. Let's just get it over with. Let's get it over with. Oh. Well, hey, to a certain extent, we got what we wanted. We wondered what would happen. What does the Angel Trujillo year look like if he doesn't play a full season because he gets hurt? And it he happens. Still gets seven war. He right. still gets seven war. He's yeah, worth seven. Fantastic. He's worth seven and a half war. Right. Yeah, we, we, we got our wish. He's, yeah. he's, he's the best in baseball. I'm continually impressed by the home run power of Jason Halverson. I understand the I defense is otherworldly. I think that Angel Trujillo is the best in baseball. I think he I think, is. I think I, Silk's got a case at this point. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, – no. Not for being the best <laughs> overall player in baseball, no. I think Trujillo is the best player in baseball, and it's not close. And Silky is on a list of players. Tr- Trujillo is two years younger and already has three 10-war seasons. Great. That's fantastic. He's going to be hurt forever. Silky's, granted, the last two years have been – Sad, but that's three years. He lost uh, five weeks to a fractured finger in eleven, and lost four weeks to an oblique strain in 09. So he's missed m- extended time in four of the last five years. Yeah, fuck me. But I think he's going to be healthier in trio going forward. I guess is what I'm saying. I guess he's still all two I'm two years saying, older. I'm not entirely sure. I guess all I'm saying is that there's a good chance Silky ends with more war because Trujillo's career is going to be derailed. He just is, man, the guy gets banged up a lot. I get worried. When he's healthy, yes, he's the best in baseball. I mean, Trujillo at this point is a literal scroll guy. Is he actually, did he Did he make the, the mm-hmm. oh man, I should have got it. Candles out, birthday, cake, shit, streamers. Scroll guy, scroll guy. He's still going to steal 40 bases. He's on pace for that at least. Uh, he's still going to hit 30 plus home runs. His on-base percentage is higher this year than it was last year, and his batting average is 30 points lower. And yeah. he's qualified. What's weird is this: his defense was good this year. His defense he's, is – I just can't decide how good, how much the defense is going to stick around. And this year was really encouraging. 
Yeah, I think he's the best, and I think it's not as close as you're pretending it is. Um, <laughs> I will take. Uh, I really, I was wrong on Jason Halverson. Dead wrong. I sit corrected. Not happy about it. I'm amazed by the fact that this man has as much power. I don't see where the 30 home run power comes from, but hey, you know what? So be it. And uh, Chris Alice, where the fuck did he come out of? I don't actually, know, man. 30 home runs. Chris actually, Alice is at 32. Sterling put something on Slack today about this, mm-hmm. about how I he's going to put him on the block. And oh, my gosh. He did put him on this. the block for a while. Right? He was dead weight. I mean, this was not just a bad contract. This was a pure salary dump. Just right. get him off my books. This guy sucks. Nine hundred. He OPS. has two and a half WAR this year, and near nine hundred OPS, and has played uh, break-even defense. Man, fucking just—he has a lot of guys like that. Tim Peach is going to hit Tim thirty Peach, bombs. Tim Peach, a this former, year. a former Atlanta Brave. Yeah, can you tell me what trade that was? That said Peach Gosh, a fifth and Bu- uh, fifth and Peach for Butchko. I thought that was—it was robbery. Somehow this guy hits not even a great OPS, but he's going to hit 30 bombs. And maybe that catcher whisperer title that we give Dustin shit for, maybe it goes to Sterling. Because Kenan Ketchison is, it's, it's absurd how good he is. Does he look like a guy who should be hitting 320 to anybody? His backup catcher is hitting 330 and is qualified. Yeah. Well, he's, a, he's not catching. He's just a DH. It's just crazy that you have a team. Even then, I believe he still, he still started 22 games, 25 games behind the plate. Yeah, sure, but he's not at the 900 or 700 no, innings. No, he's not sitting He's not sitting behind the plate like Ketchison is. But you Which don't need him crazy. to when you've got Kinn and Ketchison doing it. It's crazy Ke- that you have catcher, a, a team. Ketchison. All of us, all of us bitch about how shallow catchers are. <laughs> and, not, and you know what? Some of us really screwed up by not giving – our pocket lint to Pittsburgh for McCorkle, but the rest of us are just, we just have no catchers. Somehow, somehow Houston has two. They're DHing a catcher and both are hitting 330, 320. It's nuts. It's it is crazy. sort of crazy. This team is, I, I, I continue to be impressed by the fact that this pitching staff wins games. Like, they're so bad, dude. Smoke and They're mirrors. So Hold on. Horrible. Before we get to this, can, can I say one more thing about Chris Corey, the backup catcher? Yeah, go for it. Also, I like that the Houston catchers are Kinnon Ketchison and Chris Corey. I think that's fantastic alliteration. It is. Um, I do like alliteration. Much cooler than rhyming. In any event. Chris Corey has stolen Ooh. 22 bases Ooh. this year. Trent. What? You think, you think alliteration's better than rhyming? Oh, alliteration is much better than rhyming. I disagree. I disagree. There you go. Chris, Chris Corey, the catcher, has stolen 22 bases. He's yes. also sort of a – he's got sort of a poor man's done thing going on. Right? That's, like, I believe yeah, he I looks said like a Seattle that player. preseason. I said that preseason, and you guys laughed at me. I don't, I don't think know. I think I was laughing preseason. at – I think if I laughed at you, it was because I was trying to trade for him, which I have been for a while. <laughs> I like Chris Corey. I think he can hit just like he did. Um, this is about what I expected from him, but 330 is super juicy. Though yeah. you gotta you gotta look at it in like a vacuum. I don't know that I saw 330. I could see you know 290 maybe, but 330. I don't know that you see that from. I mean, 60 contact. Eh, I don't know. In any event. All right. 
Um, let's. Who do you guys? Who do you guys see coming out of the century? You've got Houston again, which can finish anywhere from first to third. Milwaukee is not clinched. They guarantee themselves at least a game one fifty-seven. Chicago could finish anywhere. Who makes it out of the central? I'm going to take the Cubs, and I don't feel really good about it because I don't have any idea what happens. If Milwaukee hits, they're going to stick around, um, but they're going to have to hit because that pitching staff's not getting anybody out. Uh, I have sort of the same concern about the Astros. I don't have any idea how these pitchers continue to win games. Um, even Chris Horn was sort of shitty this year after being really good last year in, in Houston. So I'm going to Chris Horn. I, Chris Horn, I continually think, was a flash in the pan in 2011. When he hit, when he led the East and or when he led the West in ERA, I I never yeah. thought that was sustainable. Um, in any event, so yeah, I'm gonna take the Cubs. Don't feel right. good about it, but I don't know what to think of in the Central. The Central redeemed itself for a while. There was a period of time where the Central was and deserved to be a laughing stock because hey, no team they, in this still division. Do. I'm sorry. No team guys. in this division had a positive run differential. At one I'm point sorry, I I fell out of the call. I came back. I think I'm in another. Uh, I don't even know what happened. Like my computer started sparking. I got struck by lightning. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I'm in this weird dimension. And Trent said that the central doesn't deserve to be made fun of. So I can't be in the right dimension. Right? The, the central. You guys know the, who I am? The central redeemed itself a little bit. Go oh, fuck yourself, Trent. Oh no! They at, the end, at the end of interleague play. Three teams in the Central had a positive run differential, and two of those teams had a positive run di- differential below 20. Right. These teams are all shit. I don't think any of these teams make the playoffs in any other division. I don't think Houston, who's probably going to win, pretty good team. They just missed Trujillo for, so, for too long. I don't think they make the, they be, they're better than the Expos. I don't think they're better than the Bears. Certainly don't think they're better than any of the, the three Stooges in the Pacific. I don't think these. I think the central is a pathetic joke. I think the central, the central is by far the worst division, but it's not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be at one point in the season, when like the best team in the division had like a plus one run differential. Like it was really fucking bad. Yeah. Well, the Cubs, the Cubs have a run, a decent run differential, but they do. Honestly, trust me as the Braves guy, who is consistently had horrible pitching and great offense that you you kind of have to take run differential with a grain of salt because I'm sure the Cubs playing the central nonstop, they're just beating the shit out of bad teams. And so when you and get to the back of the bullpen... That is what I'm about to look at. I'm yeah, trying just, to figure out beat, what, what interleague run differential was because that is not something I've been tracking. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thing to track and I, I promise it doesn't look good for a lot of us, including all the Pacific teams... Atlanta, the Cubs, these offensive teams are, are just not going to do it's not going to do them justice. Milwaukee, probably all these teams that focus on hitting. Yeah, I don't I don't trust any of these teams in the central. I think Houston's going to win. Let me tell you really quickly. I was talking um, to Sterling. Me and Sterling talk quite a bit about random shit. Um, I try to get him to take my bad players in exchange for good players. Doesn't always work out because usually when I trade them to players, they turn out to be great, like Tim Peach or that Trujillo guy. I've pretty much given this guy his whole fucking team. But I was talking to Sterling, and uh, this was, I think, maybe around the time that I lost my seventh reliever for the year. <laughs> Something like that. I was kind of 
dealing with injury issues. And Sterling said, man, I don't know what's happening this year. Injuries are just killing me. And so I clicked over to the Astros. They had nobody on their injured reserve. <laughs> and he, I said, uh, what injuries? And Sterling said, no, nah, dude, I miss, I, Ed, At- Ed Atkins was hurt for about two months. And so at that point in time, I got really red in the face. Didn't say anything. Just kind of paced around my apartment. But that was his his fucking sign of adversity. He he endured fifteen starts without Ed Atkins. That was it. Like, give me a. All right. A, I have the I have the run differential numbers. Already. Oh. Yes. For who? Uh, everyone. Okay, Mister Mister Mathematician. Oh wait, hold on. That's what ah, shit. This got fucked up. Hold Uh-oh. on. Right, do I need to tell another embarrassing story about Sterling? Yes, please. Sure. Do I have one? I don't know if I have one. But that Ed Atkins shit really made me mad. That's really funny. Yeah, if right. That... Like if if that's your your indication of an unlucky season, Ed Atkins, garbage thirty four year old pitcher who is just not very special in any way. That, he, that that was the best. Did, he did only make twenty starts and starts and pitched <laughs> seventy two innings, right? Like he made twenty like, starts though. Give me a break. That's I mean, funny. that's he didn't. He's hurt all the time. How that's is he? Like, out? Yeah, it's nuts. How did he pitch seventy two innings? It's crazy. Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah. yeah, no, I what whatever. Yeah, no, I I Houston could. The, the one thing that I think we can say is that it will be criminal criminally wrong like deserving of actual police investigation <laughs> if the west is not represented by a team from the pacific hey because... i had this exact same thought last year because they this is where houston was better they were healthy arturo ramirez never got hurt ed atkins never got hurt trio never got hurt right it's the same team right it's still criminal that they represented the west and hell represented the whole fucking league by winning the championship it's yeah. absurd. I mean, the, now watch, watch this be better. the year that Milwaukee makes it all the way or something. Oh, but it, man. So, I mean, it'll be something crazy will happen. It would make but me I'm, sick. I'm going to take the Cubs. I'm going to take the Cubs in the in the, in the the Central. Do you have a favorite? D. Rich. I'm going to lean out of Houston. The I lean Houston still. Um, wouldn't surprise me if the Cubs won. I like the Cubs more than Milwaukee. But I, I just have to lean Houston. I just have to bet on the best player in baseball. I know their defense is going to be there. I, I don't like this team at all, but I, I didn't like them last year. And it was pitiful because, ooh, if they win, let's say they win the division like they're most likely going to. They have to win basically one series against a shitty team. Houston, if they beat Milwaukee or Chicago, that's like, that's I'm not impressed by that at all. It doesn't show me shit. But next thing you know, you're against the Pacific champ and you're one series away. That's, that's, what, that's what happened last year. They beat a horrible team, lucked into a series against the worst team in the Pacific, in the playoffs anyway, the Dodgers. The Dodgers, who had no business winning, and then limped into the championship against another team that was not all that special. I said it, worst run, least impressive championship, stand by it. I I think they'll get out of the division, but I think they'll get waxed by one of the good teams, because hopefully God is looking down on this league, and finally... Makes the Dodgers lose the series. Right. I don't even care which one, as long as it's one of them. 
So yeah, they deserve they the, a Pacific representative should be in the in the championship. Right. And then I hope they get absolutely destroyed because East Pride. <laughs> baby. I I think it's going to be the Cubs for one reason and one reason only. If you look at those four mashers in the middle of that Cubs lineup, they are all left-handed, and no team that is looking at that is going to potentially make the playoffs in or uh, that's going to potentially face um, Chicago has left-handed starters. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like they have good right-handed starters. These and Cubs that, that hitters too. don't have to the, place the anyone. The Cubs offense is that good. Who's yeah. the best starter that they're going to have to face? Williams, who has not shown shit for like his Chad whole career. Chad Herner, maybe, right? Like, <laughs> If that's who you're afraid of, a guy with an ERA, Dan, just a, it's probably barely what, under five. It's, it's either Stefan Williams or Chad Herner. I mean, that's no, the that's right sucks. answer to your question. right? The Cubs like, should so. win. Right. The Cubs should win, but the Cubs don't have pitching either. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna bet on Trujillo. I'm rooting for the Cubs though. I am. I gotta. I, I love seeing just having two first basemen in the lineup. That's exciting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, are we ready to move on, Jacob? Or do you I have? I believe a we are ready. Stats? To... No. <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting there. Give me a second. Give Give okay. me a hot second. Okay. So looking at the Central in interleague play. Texas actually had a positive run differential of plus 31. The Cardinals were plus 29. The Royals were plus 23. The Astros were plus 14. Now, you look at the bottom of the division, the White Sox were minus 71. The Rockies were minus 21. So, not good. Um, And the two teams that kept them afloat, neither one of them are going to make the playoffs. Well, there you go. Yeah, they're just, they're not teams built to beat good pitching. You know, if you play the Mets, you got to win 4-2 games, and the Cubs aren't built to do that. No, I agree with that. Speaking of the Mets, yeah. Uh, Let's head over to the North. Uh, The Mets and the Indians have both clinched playoff spots. They're sitting at 89-61. and Um, And and this division is the one that I'm the most excited for because Uh, a four-way tie is possible. This is maybe maybe not the best division in the sky this year because i think top to bottom i'm gonna take the, the atlantic. atlantic you're gonna yep. I'm, I'm, and i'm sorry yep uh i think the baltimore orioles are better than the texas rangers i think they're better than the twins um i think Would they're you take them over the tigers the, i might i might oh, yeah, exactly i might but in any event uh, but the North is got one thing going for it, and it is the sexiest division this year because this is just gorgeous. If you, I put this all on Slack today, so I don't need to go too much into it. But these four teams, the only thing that would be prettier, if instead of Montreal being eight back and then Detroit nine and Toronto ten and Boston twelve, it would go like eight, nine, ten, eleven, because then that would just be beautiful. But, but. All four of these teams have a series against either Cleveland or New York in the last sim of the season. All four of those series are on the road, and so we'll just call that a draw. There are there are these four teams. They're all going to face each other in the last sim, right? Yep, no, they're not. As it turns out, there's only one head-to-head series that these four teams play, and it is Montreal- and Toronto play in the last uh, series of the year. 
in Montreal. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Everything about this is cool because no matter who you are of the Indians or the Mets, you do not want to have to face the three seed. That buy is really important because I think the Montreal is dangerous. I think the Blue Jays are dangerous. I think that Boston's dangerous. I've been selling on Detroit all year. I think they're bad. I think if you look at runs scored and runs allowed, they're easily the the fourth worst of these teams. The worst of these teams, and so I'm going to continue like, to sell on the Tigers. They've, they've got the easiest track because the team they play, they're only one back. Mm-hmm. They play the Mets, but they play the Twins. They play the Twins. Looking at the schedule, Boston gets to play the Yankees again, but they're sitting, I believe they get to play the, the Yankees. Yeah, they do. They play um, the Yankees. But, but they're sitting four back. Um, Toronto is the best of these yeah. teams, but they have the hardest road, and all of them are on the road. All they have an all road last sim, and so it's going to be really tough. So I want a four way tie. If we do not get a game one fifty seven out of this division, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to yeah. kick David out of the league. I know I don't have the authority to do that, but I'm going to just kick him out. I'm going to spam his email with hate mail, and just until I, he leaves. I think he I think he does that enough himself. I know enough about him. He has let enough details out in Slack where I can harass him to the point where he quits. It's I know he's about six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds. I know he plays strategy video games. I can just pound this guy into the dirt. So the Red Sox better get their shit together. And they're who I'm rooting for. I can't help it. I want I want some excitement. I want Detroit or Boston. Please make it. Get some fresh blood in there. It'd be awesome. Uh, I can't quit the Blue Jays, and I have a bad feeling it's going to be. You the said Expos. that same exact it's thing gonna, on the preseason pod. It's I went for back sure going to be the Expos. It's going to be the Expos. It's going to oh, be you the Expos. To, did you listen to the whole pod? I didn't know. No, no, no. I skipped solely for the preseason predictions for each yeah, of I can't quit the Blue Jays. I think they're the best of these four teams. So I'm real. I, I would love to see that. And yeah, no, I'm rooting for Boston. I would love to see that happen. Uh, but uh, but I have sort of a Montreal feel. They're starting with the advantage. They have a game on everybody. How at do least they a have game. a game on everybody? How are they winning games? I, they I, lost because they have the they have second no best. They have the second best pitching staff in the East. Now I don't think I ever thought I was going to say this sentence, but here we are. They Cobby. have two pitcher of the year candidates in Cobby Schoperord and Ralph Sabin, who are both top four in runs against nine WAR. It's fucking insane. How good those guys are! It, it doesn't really, make any sense. It really is ridiculous, right? I mean, like my my high A Florida Fire Frogs have more movement in our rotation than this <laughs> fucking garbage Expos thing. And, it's and, crazy and, that and, they don't give up more home runs. Well, and their third best pitcher is the former Philly, who's got thirty movement, Kurt Mears, and he's had a really good year for them. <laughs> no, their it, third best, just it, it, incredible. And their fourth best pitcher is Andy fucking Allen. Right. It's who has been not that great. No, that, and, and actually, he's turned it on for a, a little while. He was even worse than that. He had like a 7 ERA in Montreal for at one point. He but, has a 4 ERA in three September starts, so yep. that may be uh, turning the corner for him. But yeah, no. they can't hit. They're 15th in runs scored, 15th, 15th in OPS, 16th in home runs. They're it's like, it's like how are they winning baseball it, games? It's the inverse defense. It's, I swear yep. to God. 
It's it it's what the Mets have been doing. It's it's Mets light. Yeah, but like with bad players right? and in a pitcher's park and like fucked up shit. Like I, uh, it's Jangles Voodoo. Like I swear to God, that man. Like he practices voodoo. Like I think that's his secret. Or something. Jungles I don't know. Sick fuck. And like Juan Gamgora has absolutely shit the bed this year. Oh my god, <laughs> you gotta pay him like sixty million. Rafael Pizano has so been a bad. net zero. Well, which of course is he sucks. Downright incredible. He has a one hundred nine OPS plus in twenty four games in Montreal, and he is a zero WAR player. Well, that's because they're playing him in the field. So even uh, in the field, he's oh well, yeah, minus one point seven in in Juan Gamgora, former Brave. We just shit out all these players, but <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. I didn't expect him to hit the wall like he has. Their best hitter is Alex Pena. Their best hitter is probably Ismael Jovell. Oh yeah, another former Brave who just became fucking good in in Montreal. Uh, he was just shit last year, and we'd be remiss if we did not continue to talk about the horrible, horrible contract that was handed out to Nate the Great Purdue. All right, let's drop the great. Um, worst nickname in the history of Sky. Like, at least put some effort into it. It's he, he, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. We can say, if he retires he is, tomorrow, man. he's at sixty WAR. I mean, just look yeah, at the accolades. I don't know if yeah. he's a Hall of Famer. The accolades are there, but I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I'm gonna give Eight you time Silver Slugger, nine time All Star, three time Playoff MVP. We, we just haven't had any shortstops or third basemen who have been worth a damn in our league. Six, you know, five, if seven, six, in, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't vote for him over Fargus, and they have very similar cases. Tons of accolades because they're at shallow positions. Interesting. I don't Purdue. know. Purdue has kind of been weak. Purdue's not been good. Nate, no, Purdue, not probably good get, Nate Purdue will probably get to 65 war. Yeah. Nate Purdue's career borderline. war numbers number. are so good. So good. In yeah, any I, event. I, I think mean, he right. a, I think he probably is. He's he was a guy built for war though, because he was so good defensively when he was younger. So in any event. But yeah, no, I don't know what to do with the expos. This team irritates me. The more I look at it, the more it irritates me. So I'm gonna move off of it. I'm already <laughs> in uh, let's talk about Detroit. Hey, hey, There's a I, I like former... getting mad. I like getting mad. I want to talk about Montreal. Montreal is incredibly <laughs> irritating because they're twelve games over five hundred and you look at their contracts. There's no chance this team is better than this. This is the peak. This is you guys. You got to realize this. This is the last time we'll ever talk about the Expos because Jangle ran them into the ground, and for the next five years they're fucked. So this is the year. So I almost, I almost hope they're in the playoffs so they can make one last push. But and just I don't get see that worse and worse uh, 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 draft position. Oh yeah, well, yeah. By the way, they have really, none of their picks. I was no, about to say it doesn't matter really anyway. Toronto he's traded City. away all of his picks, so yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think, I think if anything, Jengles has taught us a lot about the league. Like, if the Expos bounce back and are good, it shows us that we need to change draft pick trading to expand more than one year or trade first rounders because it's kind of fucked up if you just trade next year's picks every year. So you constantly have picks, but you just don't have next year's. Like you're not actually losing anything. These aren't real assets. He, he currently it's has up, twenty. Right? He currently has twenty five picks next year, which is not to be bested by Kansas City's twenty three. I swear to God, it really is funny, and you know too, and it'll irritate me to no end. Right around the second round, those mfers will be on Slack, being like, looking to trade in, looking for a oh, pick. And I'll some, trade for next year's picks. Yeah, we fucking some, know you will. And some some pissant will do it. 
than give them fuckers picks. Oh my god, it irritates me. Never. Oh, I'm I have said this in the past, and you know what, Jingles? I'm sorry. You're gonna li- you're actually gonna listen to this and be pissed, but I will not trade with the Expos. If you take the vow with me, I will give you a promise ring. We'll all wear them together, and we will promise not to trade with the Expos because he's gonna continue to trade future picks for current picks until it just the, the clock wears out. You know, he doesn't uh, actually lose the assets until he goes a, a year without having the picks. Makes me mad. Kid. This team sucks. All- Next. Okay, let's stop talking about the Expos, and let's talk about a team that's similar to them that is 10 games over 500 and no clue how they got there, the Detroit Tigers. Um, oh, negative run it. differential, 10th oh. this... in scoring, 10th, 11th in runs against. They, Bobby, their, their quote-unquote ace, Bobby Hicks, is out. Uh, their stud uh, starting pitcher acquisition, Willie Thiel, has been fantastic. Ite Van Santen has 95 RBI and an 827 OPS. Former California Angels prospect Ernie Granados has a 900 OPS in 30 games. That dude is a stud. Uh, Jaden Jackson, a former Rule 5 pick, is having a career year after OPSing 753 last year. He's OPSing nearly 950 this year. That is an outlier. And this is something that I hit on the head on the preseason pod. Kason Green does not even have one and a half war this year. All right. It, all right. Quit bragging about Kason Green. We all Bigger overpay than, than uh, Greg Kane. He is shitty. We all know he's shitty. But you know what, Jake? Sometimes you have to disagree to make good radio. If we all agree, isn't that it's just fun. what Mike Francesca does always? It's just what you have to do. Um, I don't know if it's worse in case than Greg Kane. I don't. I haven't looked at his numbers. Um, case on Green has eaten innings, so that's something. I, I I look back to Barry Zito and I'm like, well, he was pitching, you know, like fuck, he's horrible, but at least he's eating the innings. Right. That's what Case on Green's doing. He sucks, but. A guy who gives you 170 innings, 180 innings is whatever. You know, it's worth something, even if he does suck when he's out there. Blake Shelton had a nice year for them. Incredible year. He is year. also Incredible top year. eight. All-star. Top seven, excuse me. I was, sad to, seen, I was had, sad to hear about his marriage to uh, Miranda Lambert breaking up. But other than that, he had a nice year to them. Was he married to Miranda Lambert? Back in the day, wasn't he? Isn't that the same guy? Yeah. I thought he was married to Gwen Stefani. Is that the same yeah, guy? There. Yeah, Blake Shelton. He's married. Uh, the, he, 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 does, uh, he does commercials for Gildan. He, he quit. I think he quit Miranda Lambert to marry Gwen Stefani. Maybe we, need, maybe we just need to run a podcast separately. Of just just yeah, cover the uh, voice host. Uh, that was, Miranda Lambert was not even his first wife. There you go. Yeah. Oh, he's going He married Kanet Williams in 2003. They, Who uh, the hell was, is that? Was, exactly. Was married to Miranda Lambert from 2011 to 2015, and then married Gwen Stefani also in 2015. Wow. Great. It's a quick turnaround. So he in clearly has a lot in common with his GM. Right. They, he is they, they, they super slutty they... and hungry for fan favorites. Because you know Miranda and Gwen both are fan favorites. And Eric, Eric doesn't care about shit. He doesn't care about love and what you nurture with your partner. He just cares about ticket sales. That selfish, slutty bastard. Uh, now I do I like hate... the Tigers. I do like the Tigers. Uh, oh my God, I hate this team. Oh, I like the Tigers so bad. This I think is I, so bad. I think I just like Eric. Honestly, I think I hate the Tigers, but I like Eric because Eric so. You can't hate Dad. You can't hate Dad. Yeah, yeah, he's like my uncle. It's okay. I just um, like to I just like to point out, by the way, I 
one of the reasons that the Expos are decent is they are 11-3 and three in extra inning games. Just throwing that out there. That's otherworldly. Sorry. Very lucky. Very lucky. Um, I mean, there's no I, doubt yeah. these teams are lucky. These, these teams aren't even all, all four of them. Um, I, think, I think the Blue Jays have underperformed. But the Tigers, the Expos, the Red Sox, those aren't great baseball teams. Those yeah, aren't traditional playoff teams. I'll take um, the Pirates in the series I do think, against any of these teams. So. Absolutely. I think the Pirates run away. The Pirates might be second in this division. Um, certainly in the, right in the conversation with the Mets and the Indians. Um, I do think we're being a little hard on the Tigers for run differential. Um, Something much that like they've the, been doing well all season is defense. Eric Iden is an 80-rated center fielder. He is plus 7.4 in center field this year. Casey Steinbeck uh, at shortstop. He just missed the last month of the year with a fractured finger. He is about to Andrew come back. Gray? Andrew Gray, a stud second baseman uh, defense. Uh, he... Um, let me pull him back up. He's not going to hit for average. He's not going to get on base. Uh, OSA has him with 40 contact, so he sucks, 60 power, um, but he's going to play 80 rated defense. He's plus nine. Player, if you preface a player with he can't hit or get on base, that dude sucks. <laughs> he mean, also strikes out contact, about, he strikes out as much as Trent would strike out, you know? Yeah. He's, he's leading uh, he, the league he, in strikeouts. He, he leads, yep, he is. Um, My scout inexplicably loves Andrew Gray. Oh, can I talk about Andrew Gray? Can yes, you guys shut up for like 12 seconds? So, you know, when you uh, go to drafts, you look at the class, you can click and have your scout make a list, 1 through 60. Andrew Gray was far and away my scout's favorite player. He was the only 80-rated <laughs> 80, 80 guy that class. Um, naturally, I didn't pick him. Because my scout's dumb. But I waited till like the third or fourth round was going to pick him. He went to Kansas City. Still 80 rated. Even after he got traded to Detroit. I look at him right now. He's 75 potential guy. Yeah. What do you um, see his contact at? I'm not looking at it. I think it's like 50. Okay. My scout has him as 70 potential. Uh, and has the contact at 45. Which ought to yeah, be Yeah, that's illegal, about what I have probably. Right. Yeah, so, you're, just, you're not a 70-rated guy if you're 45 contact. Well, like but that this ought is, to be uh, against the law. So This is, yeah. this is just a, uh, a warning signal to everyone listening. You deserve a little reward. I'm looking at you, Vegas, Dan. You can just fucking pull out your little little uh, pumpkin, and I'll just give you a trick-or-treat. But here you go. Second baseman, center fielders, shortstops, if you have an ability scout— your scout will overrate these guys, and Andrew Gray is the quintessential example of guys who are overrated by ability scouts. He is an 80, 70 plus. Everyone loves him. He's actually not good, though. When you can't yeah. hit, you strike out. You're just not going to be good at baseball. So I'm sorry, ability guys. And I know Eric's an example of a guy who pays $11 million a year to an ability scout, paid for Andrew Gray, and he's getting bullshit return because. He didn't realize the scout is dumb. I don't know. But okay. Andrew so Gray, I've always said, uh, we've, we've touched on these teams. We've touched on Montreal. We've touched on Detroit. We, we agree that on talent, on paper, this Toronto team's the best. And then there's David. Um, who, who comes out of this, this jumble of northern teams to, to then lose to either Cleveland or New York? I'm going to take Montreal, and I think they're dangerous once they get there. I don't know. Who does Montreal play this in? 
Cleveland and Toronto. Sorry, the, the Mets and Toronto. I'm going to take Toronto. I think Toronto wins two games from Montreal. That basically uh, close to evens the score. And yep. Montreal's going to have a tough time. But it's it's really hard to bet against the team with the one-game win. The right. one-game advantage. Yep. Um, real the one-game matters. Real quick, I was just going to say, I meant to say earlier, but I got, you know, this is what I do. I get sidetracked like a retard. Um, Detroit's run differential is horrible. It's negative 31. Much like the Cubs, a team we talked about has a positive run differential because they blow out teams. Detroit has gotten blown out a lot. If you throw out 10 games, just the outlier games, like when they lost to Boston by 20 multiple times, it doesn't look as bad. Um, I don't think this team's as horrible as we think. Certainly not special. They're probably better than Boston is, but uh, I don't know. Just wanted to say that. I think Toronto's the best of this mess, but I'll, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on them making up two games over Montreal, but I don't this feel good about it. definitely worth noting. Montreal lost the season series to Detroit, lost the season series to Toronto. So if this game is to a two- or three-way tie, in a two-way tie, they would not be at home, and in a three-way tie, they would not have first choice at tiebreaker designations. Yeah. The One other little interesting tidbit that I found today is that the Expos are awful on the road, which, of course, is not a real surprise because all their pitchers have fucking no movement. And so when they go on the road, they get hit fucking around. They can only win <laughs> games at home. Yeah. What are they? Um, you have to you have to click this button for me, but I think they're like 12th yep. in the East in home runs, something like that. Like uh, they are getting pummeled on home runs. Uh, in they're, home they're runs, home. they are in home runs allowed 14th. That's horrible. Horrible. It's not sustainable. That's not a team that's ever going to win a playoff series. Congrats, Jangles, if you sneak into third. You're going to get lit up by Alicia. You're just you're, you're toast. And on the road, Montreal's team ERA is 468. At home, their ERA is one full point lower. Oh, my God. (laughs) So fucking frustrating. And beyond that, their OPS allowed at home is 709. On the road, it is 774. Oh, so irritating. One of the best things about this division, since we're about to transition up to those other teams, is that the two teams ahead of them, all of whom play one of these other four teams, both have to try real hard because you want that first round by. You They're need be tired. that first round by. They're going to be way right. more burnt than they should so, be. You know. I mean, the the difference. So, so I'm just to to put that to put those two Montreal uh, OPS numbers into perspective. When Montreal's on the road, they are facing an offense that is akin to Miami or Baltimore. Not bad offenses. Both put up 750 runs this year. Um, Baltimore Baltimore's undoing was their uh, pitching staff. When they're at home, they are facing an offense akin to Oakland without Joe Souders. That's bad. Hold on. Very, 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 very bad. BRB, I'm puking. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, th- so that's that's the that's the difference between them pitching at home and them pitching on the road. It's crazy. It is crazy, and they uh, are very biased against left-handed pitching too. Because their their t- their six pitchers are all right-handed. Yeah, I mean, Montreal needs a lot, a lot to break their way. Somehow it has this last month. Odds are they get in the playoffs. I'm gonna bet against bet on Toronto, but if it was even money, I would take Montreal. I just I would just have to. 
as we transition now to the Atlantic, we're going to start with the team they got hit bad by the injury bug in this past sim. The Miami Marlins lost Alan Jacobs, the 29-year-old who had pitched 34 innings, had a 3.38 ERA for the Marlins this year, to a torn UCL. He is out for the remainder of this year and next year. Sadakazu Morikawa has struggled uh, this year to the tune of a 6.47 ERA double last year. He is done with a partially torn UCL and starting pitcher Luis Armijo, the right-handed side armor, is also out eight months with a torn uh, flex gen. That's going to hurt the most. He had a 4.13 ERA three war this year. You could argue he was their best pitcher this year. Oh, um, he, I don't I don't even think that's an argument. He was better than Vega. He was better than uh, Kozak. He he was their bona fide ace. Yeah, the uh, the I, I think that I thought when I saw it that it was uh, Nakayama, not Morikawa, that got hurt. So I had this hurting a little bit more in the bullpen than I thought it was. I don't think the bullpen injuries are all that bad, as you mentioned. Morikawa was pretty crappy this year. I mean, it's not a big deal. Was, uh, was just right. a run of the mill middle reliever. No, it was you lose Armijo. You lose a pitcher. That's it. Our, Armijo is the hurt. I mean, that's what hurts, right? Yeah. Let's uh, not think of this as the worst injury sim ever. It's not right, that big no, of a deal. But, it's uh, not uh, that Ramon, terrible. Ramon Vega has not been his normal self. Favron yeah. Kozak is starting to show signs of aging. Um, as I say that, he's about to hit 200 innings, and he has two and a half wars. So, I mean, he's still a stud. Tony Resendez is coming into his own uh, former San Francisco uh, giant. Uh, he's sort of settled into that number four role. Brian Wilder, the rookie, uh, has been hit around a bit, uh, but he was also the July pitcher of the month. After getting hit around in May and June, he has settled down. Uh, yeah, his last 12 starts, his last 12 starts, he's sitting pretty about a 2.80 RA. Uh, How is that even possible? Because of the home run bug. He gave up tw- uh, 19 home runs in April, May, and June, and he has only given up seven since then. It looks like he should give up the home runs. This guy looks horrible. I mean, that, that that's the difference right there. Uh, if you look in S plus, I'm sure the the X FIP for for the, his FIP is I'm sure probably three or four points lower. His X FIP is five point one eight. Yeah, not terribly different. Yeah, no, no, not off by much. If it makes people feel better, Jangles or not Jangles, uh, Jay brought this up in uh, in Slack. Uh, Vega had a really awful start to the year. Uh, and so if you go into his season splits, he turned it on in June and July and August. Now he's had a crappy September, so eight but, uh, one eight point one ERA in four starts. But uh, but he was really good middle of the year on uh, until late in the season here. So I don't know what to think. This is another Marlins team. I don't know what to do with this freaking team. This team could lose in the first round, they and I'd not lose, be surprised. Right? I don't know. Right? I don't. I still don't like them. I don't, I don't know, know if I like with any team at all. The but. Atlantic's a mess. I don't like any team of the eight. I don't hate any team of the eight. <laughs> yeah, a, a, team, uh, a, a player in the, on this team that is going to be a stud, former 19th round draft pick, Jonathan Brashear. Yeah, well-deserved, Jay. You really fucking earned that one. Nate Riley has done Nate Riley things in 854 OPS, war of one and a half, and has hit 31 home runs, struck out. Six as many, six times as much as he's walked. Uh, Whitney Linfoot has 
come crashing back to earth, slugging down 100 points Thank on base and batting Lord. average, back down 50 points. Right. Uh, still going to have three war because of his elite defense. How about and this Lu- son of bitch, Luis Pineda? Luis Pineda, who is going to win uh, Silver Slugger at DH, in, in a world that Silky doesn't exist, is probably in the running for position player of the year despite oh. not playing defense. Oh, I think in a world he without wins. Silky Flores, he wins position player of the because year. Because he's going to hit 31 home runs. He's going to have... 80 extra base hits. He's going to steal 50 base. He's going to OPS over a thousand, have an on-base percentage of over 400. And that's Makes while me... missing three weeks. It, well, missing three weeks because he doesn't play against left-handed pitching. I, I don't even think that. I think he's sad a bit because uh, of his uh, back stiffness. He had some back wow. stiffness earlier, and I believe he uh, had a DL stint for that. Oh, excuse me. It may, it does make me mad. Um, I like Pineda. I've always liked. I like him a lot in Arizona. He's been shortlisted for me for about. 12 seasons, so I get the emails every time he's player of the month. It makes me furious that Out of the Park somehow makes guys in Pineda's mold, much like Gene Gators or Joe Marble, super great hitters, speedsters. They have no range in the outfield. Right. Like, at least make it so these guys can't fucking field the ball. Like, if they couldn't catch, whatever. He, I believe but if he can't get to a when ball, he was re- When he was really young, like 21, 23, he, I believe his range was around 45. Yeah, and, and, and he sure. played in the field when he was younger. Like 2006, he was minus 2.4. 2008, he was minus six combined. Um, but again, he that's like Gators and Marble. Off. It just doesn't make sense. The guy clearly still has speed. He's right, stealing, stealing 50 bases and he can't get to the ball physically. Yeah, like who what the, the fuck f- is this guy's reflexes like? Who How the is he fuck hitting is with those reflexes? Stephen Connors guy playing third base for them with 17 home runs, 84 RBIs, and two WAR. Yeah, that guy's crazy. I like Stephen Connors. I thought, why is he not at shortstop? Because uh, they still have El Capitan Luis Ramirez. It's who's better on defense? I've got. I. It's a coin flip. Okay. Ramirez is the old head. He's also been shit this year. Six sixty one OPS, down one hundred ninety points since twenty eleven. Yeah, I mean, I, it makes me mad that guys like Stephen Connors have good hitting years like this because that came out of nowhere. Like, what the hell is he doing hitting that well? Um, but I don't have any problem with the guy playing him at shortstop because he's really good defensively uh, or third base or whatever. Oh, no, like he's, um, he's a, he deserves I, to be on the field at least with that Absolutely, defense. yeah, right. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I like I'm on, Stephen I'm on D. Rich's side about Luis Pineda. Like, who's the equivalent of this guy in real life? Like, there's guy not who, one. Who runs really fast and hits real well and can't field for dick. That's the thing. Like, there's like, nobody. There's why not can't he soul. field? Why right. can't he field? Does he have shitty no. reflexes? Right. Oh, it, then how it, the it, fuck is he hitting the ball? OOTP has made this bullshit up. They it's wanted so to make a DH, and so they did. And they it's, just accidentally gave him really good speed. It doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense. It's non-physical. Right. Makes me yeah. mad, and I get furious. Same with, I used to have the same problem with Nate Fort, like... I sort Nate of have Fort the same was... problem with Nate Riley, although he's okay defensively, so I can back off. Nate Riley just doesn't know how to catch. But right. Fort's a, Fort was a, a great center fielder, great left fielder. For some reason, was forced to DH for no reason, and uh, that kind of makes his numbers look worse. But he was like a 20-speed guy, great base running. And, like, how are you 20-speed and, and an incredible center fielder? just doesn't quite add up. It does make a lot of sense. Makes makes me uh, infuriated. But, but yeah, so, range, range and speed should be tied together. Maybe not base running and stealing, but range and speed should be correlated. Yeah, absolutely. And I it, don't, it's not. So it just makes me mad. 
it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with uh, Kai Tech Kim. He hasn't been out for long, but obviously he makes this team a lot better. Uh, this is another division where you really want the one seed because, because I don't think you want to face Virginia. I mean, they've been really bad uh, this month, but... Uh, yeah, and, I don't uh, think Virginia's a top three team in this division, but they're one of the scariest just because the pitching. Exactly. Really well, right. Yeah, no, that because right because you do not, especially in a short series, you do not want to face Virginia. And yeah, so, you don't want you don't want to face Flores twice. Tim Tarbucks has been great. Uh, John Cervantes win pitcher of the year. I mean, Cervantes so. since being put into the rotation has been fantastic. Uh, he has three quality starts. He had the one poor start against Philly and a decent start uh, against Pittsburgh, but five starts, three of them very very good. Uh, he's he's going to be very, very good. So you're facing Flores, Tarbucks, Flores twice, Tarbucks, Cervantes, and Sword. Yeah, yeah no thanks. I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to this. With, with yeah. Roseman Macias coming out of the bullpen. Right. This this Virginia team's very, very interesting. I mean, and Ryan, Ryan McIntyre is still a stud. He, this is his third consecutive year of four plus. Uh, excuse me. This guy is incredible. Four, four I was looking at that today. This guy is incredible. It's just a never-ending string of OPSs above 900. Like, yeah, and a a guy who was drafted as a pitcher, incredible. Looking back, I'm looking at his uh, high school stats right now. He started six games, pitched in eleven, allowed one earned one earned run in 47 innings. That is an ERA of .19. Pretty incredible, fantastic. Um, and he's worth every penny. He's making 20 million. Uh, he is under contract through 2015. He's got a player option there, but he stays on the field. Doesn't get hurt. He's not going to offer great defense. He's a he's a he's a big minus there at first base uh, comparatively. He's a, DH. First he base. A DH. he's a DH, but he's a damn good DH to that. He's someone that is competent against left-handed hitters. I uh, OSA has him with 55 contact, 60 power against lefties, which is not something you usually see from a left-handed batter. Um, and then outside of that, they have Dusty Rohawk, who is having another great year, 980 OPS. Who's... Man, where'd this guy come from? He he launched himself. What is he? Twelfth in the player rankings. It's it's yeah. He well, it came out of nowhere. It didn't got, come from nowhere. He was nine hundred the year before, two years yeah. ago, nine oh four the year before that. Like you know, he, he kind of just proved himself as like one of the game's elite. He, you know, right. he's damn near a thousand OPS, and some of that appearing in the stupid arbitrary player rankings make me really realize, fuck, this guy's really good. And my favorite player, I think, on this team is a former. Uh, he was a part of a Cressman. He was a part of the Adam Cressman trade then a part of the Luis Ramirez trade, and then a part of the Jeremy Campbell trade, Jose Casillas. Casillas. Yeah, Jose another breakout year from him. It's who cool. has four war, is the number three hitter in that lineup, can play first base, can play second base, can play left field. Um, he's he's just a consistent player. And, he's and the, he's, Yeah, he's the best player from the Christmas deal, just flat out. He's shown so much already. Um, I mean, no and that sign Cressman, get worse. And, that, and the, the the players trading that Cressman deal is uh, Edgar Rojas, Ernie Granados, who is a stud in Detroit, uh, and Alex Abara, who's currently toiling away uh, in the Angels uh, system. He sat on our injured uh, list all season. I think he's uh, working at a 7-Eleven in Los Angeles, actually. <laughs> I believe he is during the offseason, yes. He, yeah. uh, he just helped, uh, he just helped uh, Temecula. Uh, I'm pretty sure he took the, my ID at a strip club when I was in L.A., but I'm not sure. He just helped uh, Temecula beat the uh, Florida Fire Frogs. Hey, go fuck yourself. Uh... Go fuck yourself. Change the subject. Change the subject. Come on. We're talking about major leagues here. Come on. Let's have some class. Let's have some respect. 
Um, and, and something that I, that I want to point out here. So Miami was first in the East in stolen bases, but only eighth in base running. Virginia, dead last in stolen bases, only 45 stolen bases, yet they were fourth in base running. Crazy. There is more to base running than stolen bases. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, I didn't realize Virginia was fourth. I knew they couldn't steal bases worth a damn. I mean, they have no regulars who steal bases. Chris Fuller is the closest thing, and that guy just isn't very good he's, at baseball. He stole 13 bases, and yeah. he had an OPS of 633. Yeah, he's, he's just not very good. Virginia is such a weird team because they – we talked, like, about all these injuries, especially lately this last week or two when injuries have kind of heated up. Starting with, I guess, that really heartbreaking silky injury that we're all really emotional about. Mm-hmm. But, we'll talk about that. But we talk about injuries and we talk about how important depth is. Virginia looks like a team that has not a lot of depth. They have three or four hitters that are just terrific, and that's it. And those guys are doing enough to carry themselves. Right. Um, the bullpen, I think, overperformed early in the year. I think the pitching is actually pretty legitimate. Sword certainly is in that conversation of guys who overperformed, much like both of their stoppers. I mean, they had a stopper make Questnall make the all-star team. That guy sucks. And uh, another Tyrese Fitton. That guy sucks. Real five guy. Those are the guys who are the, the heart of the bullpen. Um, it's, it's not very strong. But they're still 10 games over, and I wonder how, many, how much better this team is if they didn't call up the Morgan Twins way too early mason morgan the pitcher and john morgan the first base dh those I, guys killed them this year what did morgan have to prove at triple a he, he pitched 50 innings he had an he had a sub two era i don't know i don't know it was, clearly, it was just clearly the wrong choice i don't know he gave him 17 starts I think there's a right answer in here somewhere between what the two of you are saying. Yeah, give like them two or three. Like, call like it. I, I, I might give a guy, I don't know, I might give a guy like, you know, four or five Sims worth of starts, but not 17. And that's when he's got a 966 ERA. Right? Yeah, and 17 starts, you would, exp- what do you, just at the very least, we talk about Kaysan Green as a guy who sucks at baseball. Right. That guy gave you a whole year, he gave you 180 innings, 180 innings. Mason Morgan gave you half a year, 17 starts. He gave you 70 innings. I, and I here's the biggest thing. Morgan is, is a right, Morgan is a right-handed side armor and had a worse ERA to righties than he did lefties. A 10-16 ERA to right-handed batters. Yeah. So, so you're Certainly right. I mean, I, I didn't know about the John Morgan. He was on the trade block for a while, John Morgan mm-hmm. was. So. We, uh, we, we inquired. We, we did our due diligence. Yeah, John Morgan, another one. 24 years old, a prospect who you just assume is ready at 24. Right. Can't hit his body weight in 150 yeah. plate appearances. That's uh, but I think the same That's question. That's a lot I, of plate appearances. I have the same question. What bad. more did he What more did he have to prove at AAA? Well, again, I think the problem is not that he was called up, but that he was given too much time in the lineup. Right. Yeah, guys clearly like a, not ready. Right? 150 plate appearances is a lot to give a guy with a 600 OPS. I mean, so... Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? They, this team is sort of, yeah. I mean, again, that, that what's really dangerous for the last team we have to talk about in this division, making the playoffs, the Atlanta Braves is that it doesn't look to anyone else. Like Virginia matches up pretty well against the Braves because mm-hmm. the way to beat the Braves, the two lefties, the way to beat the Braves is to stop the hitting. 
if you stop the hitting, you'd beat the Braves. Because this is another team in the Milwaukee Brewers mold that like scores runs in bunches and they're really fucking good at it, right? Absolutely. Like, Silky has been phenomenal this year. This Franklin might be Manriquez. the best hitting season in the history of baseball. Right. Franklin Manriquez has been incredible this year. Joel Coase. I don't have any idea what got into that motherfucker. But <laughs> Yeah, can you explain the outfield voodoo that you just seem to create between Coase, Gomez, Galdeman, or, uh, Manriquez, Silky? Okay, well, first you go out to the you go out miles away from civilization with a with a bag of tobacco and some torches, and you do this dance. I'll I'll record myself for you. But you just no, I I I have do, said do I do I have to go to the Caribbean for this? You you don't. You have to just go to Northern California, where the land lights it on self on fire for you. Chico, you California. Run out there. Right. That's right. Oh boy, don't say that too loud. That's where I am now, which is why my internet sucks. But Joel Coase, a guy I've said for years, um, he's just one of those guys my scout's obsessed with. And he uh, he works out. You know, even the bad scouts don't whiff on all the guys. And I have Joel Coase as a 70 overall guy. So wow. I, know the, I know he might be in the conversation for the Whitney Linfoot Award of fluky bullshit guys who suck but performed great. But if I'm looking at a guy who is 70 overall, with 75 discipline, it doesn't shock me if he walks 100 times. You know who I mean, that Joe reminds is... me of hearing from you? Let's hear it. Bill Buchko. Oh, similar. Very similar. However, Coase is in a different mold. Um, Buchko was kind of a staple, much like Andrew Gray. Low contact, low avoid case, but great gap, home run, and discipline. When you have that perfect symmetrical ranking that's a bad recipe and that's the the guys that ability scouts overrate but joel coast is the opposite exactly and mike earwood's in that mold and my scout always had him at 75 overall which is a bad sign joel coast is not that way he's 75 contact for me 75 gap but he's not a lot of power great discipline and i mean i don't know do i think joel coast is having the best year he'll ever have Yes, but do I think it's a fluke? Not entirely. I think he's just a good player. I, I wasn't expecting the, six yeah. war, seven war. The the one thing I can't say is a fluke are these injuries. I mean, looking at your current injuries, Corey Rizzo, relief pitcher, out eight months. Chris Vandermeer, relief pitcher, out two to three months. Eddie Hill, starting pitcher, out five months. Tony Elias, relief pitcher, out six months. Mike Yates, relief pitcher, out three to four months. Neil Mitchell, starting pitcher, out eight months. Not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, and you're missing a couple of guys who just got healthy, like Dufresne, who missed six months during the season. Pat Clegg. Eric Fierro missed Leffler six months. Leffler was during out the a while, right? Pat Clegg missed three months during spring training, so he it took him a while to get back in the swing of things. Yeah. Um, it's certainly been tough. It's weird because uh, I thought my lineup was, I thought I had the best offense in baseball going forward. I just figured if I had traded for enough starting pitching and got on, just bought enough relief pitching, I could get by. Um, Vandermeer, Yates, De La Santos, all guys I just bought. I tried to build a bullpen, and it, it just flat out failed. Um, whether or not it was those guys not performing or just getting I'm, hurt, I wouldn't say that. Hurt. I mean, the the bullpen area of four three three is six best in the East. Yeah, but yeah. I traditionally remember we're in a we're in a pitcher's park, so traditionally the bullpen and starting pitching both is very very competitive, no matter how good the guys are. 
And I thought I had one of the best bullpens I ever put together. So I thought it would be top three in the East easy. Uh, it didn't work out that way. I made a big trade for two guys from Toronto, Johnny Dupree and uh, Jason Justice. I think I overpaid for the, that pair. And those guys have disappointed. Um, it, it, that that really hurt. I knew the starting pitching was going to be iffy, but it's just, the pitching's just been a big disappointment all yeah, across the board. I, I don't have any idea who this team starts after Soto in the playoffs. Um, and it's going to be... I mean, again, this is a team... Atlanta really needs to overtake Miami for that number one spot in the Atlantic. Because, uh, again, I think the type of team Virginia beats is Atlanta. Yeah, because... I, could, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you one bit. I mean, and I also think that, that Virginia matches up well on the offensive side because they've got Rohawk, McIntyre, Sagas, Tume, who are all left-handed hitters. Right. And... I don't really think Atlanta can match it, at least in the rotation. They've got the lefties in the bullpen, but I don't think yeah. the rotation can match it. Espinosa feels like the big X factor for us in the playoffs. Right. He's an 80 stamina lefty. So if he's on. But he's also been absolute dog shit in the regular season. He pitched worse in Atlanta than he did in Philadelphia. That is difficult to do. That's uh, That's definitely impressive. Uh, is it worth even talking about Philly? They've got a remote chance. Justin I, Miller's a pitcher of the year candidate. That's probably about it. I don't think that they're going to. It's not going to happen. I could see. I was sort of excited when I saw that they had Atlanta and Miami last sim. Because that's who Virginia has. They have Atlanta and Miami in the last sim. And uh, But I think it's going to be a little too late. I needed it to be something like three, four games. It's six games. It's not going to happen. Definitely interesting. Uh, who makes it out of the Atlantic? I don't even think we did that in the North. I, I don't think we we made our uh, we made our North prediction. Well, I I think I'm going to take Atlanta, but I don't really feel good about it at all. Although I sort of does it feel like these teams that hit real well sort of sometimes go on runs in the sky playoffs well either like, that or they do what pittsburgh does and they score one run across three games and get swept by miami right well i mean because miami was a team like that last year right they were all offense right pitching staff was real questionable but they hit the cover off the ball they made a run all the way to the finals right and so i sort of like atlanta um i'm probably going to be wrong virginia's probably going to beat them in the first round hey um, but uh but but I think that I think that I like this Atlanta team coming out of the Atlantic. I'm glad to hear that. I uh, sorry I, I disappeared there for a second. Um, I, I kind of agreed with what you were saying. Is that these are? Yes. I think we lost Deerich again. Um, I'll I'll stick with what I said preseason. I I felt really good about this Virginia team preseason. And I think they have what it takes to make a run here. I, I get that they're cold at the wrong time, but I think they match up really well against Miami and Atlanta. They can match up. Uh, you don't, you, Juan Flores is the best pitcher in this division. Yes. I think right now, Tim Tarbucks is the second best pitcher in this division. I think right now, John Sword is a top five pitcher in this division. 
Okay. At least among the uh, among Miami, Atlanta, Virginia. Okay, so we're excluding Pelton from yeah, Pittsburgh. Yes, so we're excluding Pelton. We're gonna... including Muller. We don't have Muller because yeah. he's not in the playoffs. Okay, I mean, would you, yes, uh, I I would take Tarbucks over Rogelio Soto over. Uh, well, Armijo is hurt. Uh, seeing what Ramon Vega's done this year, I think it you you can make the you can make the case for that. Um, Kozak is is whatever, but. Vir- Virginia has the talent there, and and they have that big four. If you want to include Fidel Romo, uh, who who hit two ninety seven with with twenty seven home runs and is going to have four WAR, uh, Franklin Sa- Francisco Sagastume, the former uh, Atlanta Brave, has a nine hundred OPS in eighty games. So the talent is definitely there. Uh, it's it's disappointing to see Virginia is currently six and thirteen uh, in September after going twelve and fourteen in August. Right. Um, so that's definitely disappointing. Uh, they're, they're some of their, their three of their six wins uh, in September coming against Pittsburgh. Uh, they did take two from Atlanta earlier. They did take one from Miami. Uh, and they're about to play them again. Going back to earlier in the year, uh, they took two from Miami. Or they took two from Atlanta right before interleague play. They took uh, three from Miami. They, they split the season series with uh, – they split the first six with Miami. They took four of the first six from Atlanta. So this is a team that that has had success against these teams. I think that uh, you're making a good point about if you were to put together an all-star team of starters uh, just on these three teams that are going to make the playoffs in the Atlantic, how many pitchers in do you get before you select a pitcher from Atlanta or Miami? It might be three, right? Like you might do Flores, Tarbox, and Sward before you get to anybody on Miami or Atlanta. And if think, we're going, of course, if we're going off talent, I think that the 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 argument can be made for Vega or, or Kozak. But seeing right. what we've seen this year, right? I don't, I don't think Vega's been better than 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 Tarbucks or or Sword or hell. Jordan Cervantes is going to be a stud. Yeah, he's Jordan Cervantes is only twenty one years old. He turns twenty two in January. Jesus Christ, where the hell did this guy come out come from? He was a former twenty twenty OSA kid. He was a scouting discovery. He was a for, he he was a former so when he was discovered, um, or his first OSA report January of two thousand nine only five years ago, thirty five potential stuff twenty five potential movement forty potential control eighty five to eighty seven on the gun. Now his potentials are sixty five fifty five fifty ninety two to ninety four on the gun with an eighty potential. Yeah, I don't think sixty five fifty five fifty is eighty potential to me, but he is something's going to give. He's he's listed as a reliever right now, even though he's in the starting rotation. So that has something to do with it as well. But but uh, but at any event, I mean, that would change a little bit if he were a starter. So we could make that change if we wanted. But but, you know, it, it is an interesting set of conundrums, right? Like that. What, what do you do with uh, uh, with the starting rotation? If you're uh, if you're a Berto, I think you kick out Macias uh, and have him be in the bullpen and uh, uh I don't know. Uh, I think it's 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 going to be really interesting. I I don't know what happens in the Atlantic playoffs. I think that's the toughest playoffs to call for me because I could see any one of these three teams coming out, and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. Dear, who do you think makes it out? Sorry, gentlemen. Um, who do I think it makes it out of the Atlantic? Uh, if Atlanta wins the division, I think Atlanta comes out. If Miami wins the division, 
I think Virginia comes out. Um, I th- I, th- I think Virginia comes out. I I honestly do. I, I I think this is the worst team of the bunch, though. I do. I uh, I de- certainly have a lot of faith in Atlanta's offense. Don't have any faith in the pitching. I think Miami's more well-rounded than Virginia, but Virginia seems like a team made for the playoffs. I think they match up. I think they match up really nice against Atlanta. I'm with Trent in that regard. I do like this Atlanta team. I think this Atlanta team's got one of the best offenses we've ever seen in Sky. And when Silky's back and healthy, they're going to be terrifying. Just can you get past them? I don't know. Can you get past Flores? It's going to be a little scary. So I I realized after so we spent so much time talking about those four teams in the North. We did not talk about Cleveland or New York. I know. Yeah, right. Let's so. go back. Let's go back and talk about those teams. All right. Uh, Let's start with the Mets, the best uh, rotation or the, the best staff in all of baseball. The fewest runs allowed. A three seven one starter ERA, three oh six bullpen ERA, first in runs against, first in starter ERA, first in bullpen, first in fit, first in pitching WAR, first in defensive efficiency, first in zone rating. This team wins via defense. There, I think they spelled their doom. They wrote their tombstone up when they traded Nate Clark to to California. And what has sucked is that Tipsword and Fox have forgotten how to hit. Oh, my God. They've been shit on ice in New York. Oh, my God. It's been pooped on fire in a dumpster. Tevin Tipsford can't hit at all. Chris Fox is useless in New York. And Nate Clark has actually hit pretty well. (laughs) Just California Uh, bullshit. But um, he did. I mean, it was a really bold decision. It was kind of clear Nate Clark wasn't going to resign, at least not for a dollar amount that Brandon could make work. So I, I get the logic, but you're a, a team that's built on defense and you traded the best defender in baseball. At the time of the trade, he had the highest zone rating of any player at any position. And you kiss that away for shitty defense. So all of a sudden you have to send someone who doesn't really play left field to left field and it's hurting them. They don't, they just don't feel the same. I don't like them as much. I don't know. It's, it's the North so strange because I don't think the teams at the top are the scariest. I think I'm going to – a good chance I bet on whoever takes the three seed. And the the thing with this is that they still have Pons. They still have Downey. They still have Millet. They still have Bedway. They still have Gregorio Castillo as a sub-two ERA. Mind you, we spent half the year in the bullpen, half the year in the rotation. He'll probably have a, a sub-two ERA at 99 innings, which is still fantastic. Um that that is a one through four that is designed to win two to one games, especially when you can then give it off to Basinger or Navarico or uh, Julian Guerrero if he's on a good day, uh, on a day that he's healthy. I uh, I think that Juan Guerrero, the injury here really hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need him in that lineup. Um, another guy that could play in the outfield, be pretty decent defensively, also makes him worse defensively. Um, how long? How long is Guerrero hurt for? Four weeks. Another four weeks. Yeah, Ooh, it might be the kiss of death right there. That's really not good. What Jake and I were talking about this while we were waiting for you, D. Rich, before uh, we started the the pod. Pons comes back in four days. Do you give him a start in regular season here if you're uh, Brandon? I absolutely do. Okay, you got to win the division. That's the, that's your priority. This is what I was. I believe I was talking to um, Trent. I was talking to this, uh, talking to talking to you about this a week ago. If if we sadly do not end 
the North with ties, with multiple ties. I believe uh, with a two-way tie, this is still possible. But with a two-way tie where there's only a game 157, game five of the wildcard series could be on October 7th. Ernesto Pond's birthday is in Octo- is on October 7th. That has narrative written all over it. Ernesto Pons it. turning 38 years old, pitching game five of the wildcard series. Love everything about it. And I hope, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think even if, even if Pons pitches and he's not ready till game five, I think this shit will be closed out before then. But man, I yeah. like the sound of that. That's juicy. You're really down on the Mets. Uh, I am, no, I, I think the Mets, excuse me, I think the Mets are going to fucking beat the Astros. Or beat the, excuse me, beat the uh, Expos before game five. That's what I was saying. Oh, okay. I am down on okay. the Mets, though. I, th- I think losing Guerrero hurts. Um, another, man, it's kind of crazy how good Mike Showers has been this year also. It is sort of crazy how good he's been this year. Boy, this team just finds pitching everywhere. It yeah. really is ridiculous. Mike Showers has now been in the league for 10 years. Jesus. Yeah, a guy who it's it's kind of rare to see guys be great, get hurt, go to shit and then recover after that point. It just doesn't happen. So it's it's nice to see him give you one last year of of greatness. And it it, it has been in every way. I mean, this isn't a fluke year. I I cannot write off the Mets until I see it, because I have seen the Mets show up too many times. Another team worth noting, second in the East in stolen bases with 135, and dead last in base running at plus .8. (laughs) So, That's the Mets? That's the Mets, yes. Is it because Tipsword is stealing every time he literally gets on base? I think so. Uh, I don't, I mean, he's got 23 stolen bases. How many times has he been caught? Six. 30 attempts in... All right, he's still about half the time. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's crazy. It's disappointing. He, he had more hits in fewer at-bats in California than he does with the Mets. That's that's yep. disappointing. That's yep. all kinds of disappointing. Yep. All right, let's, let's move on to the other uh, team in the running here for the one seed in the North, and they have a much bigger injury issue to deal with. Yoshihide Mori's season has come to an end early yet again. Man. He is done with radial nerve decompression surgery. He is donezo. So taking over the number one role, another a great pitcher in his own right, Mike Hughes. Um, righty side armor, but now that staff is a little thinner. Josh Corpening is the number two. Uh, Jeff Craig is the number three, and Jorge Herrera is the number four. How that, many how many career postseason innings has Yoshihide Mori pitched? Yoshihide Mori, in his career, zero has not Never pitched once in the postseason. Has he pitched in the postseason? And this you know is what? Despite being an Indian during this really good three-year stretch for the Cleveland Indians, that is he, so disappointing. It is disappointing, but I think this year is a lot less disappointing than last. Last, he was pitching great, and personally, my scout already has him. You can kind of see the deterioration in the ratings. Yeah, so it's not a stuff. Yeah, I do. And that's kind of I've never seen a, a, a pitcher be good with 45 stuff ever. So I'm not that as heartbroken as I should be. It certainly sucks to not see it happen, considering he he had been productive and stats are king. But I kind of kept, kept getting the inkling that it was the end of the road for him. Yeah, um, 
I do feel okay about the rotation, though. I, I have a little more faith in Jeff Craig than it seems like the rest of you. His FIPS, decent. The year is bad. Coming off a good year last year, I still have a lot of faith in that guy. I mean, uh, he's just not striking third? anyone out. He, he's at sub-7 case, sub case through 9. Yeah, but which, he was last year, too. Which yeah. I, baffles me. Does it? He, he, Jeff Craig will still be on the league minimum next year. He is not in arbitration yet. Yeah. He's about 28 years old almost, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, Alec Hecht played 100 games this year. I, I don't know if any of us saw that happening. Um, I think we all took Luis, the answer there. Luis uh, Alicia is on pace for 50 home runs. He's going to have three wars at DH. He's OPSing 900. Uh, Blake Spence is doing Blake Spence things. Four and a half war there in center field with an 850 OPS. Uh, Luis Cisneros, the acquisition from Vegas, continues to do what he does, which is hit 35 home runs, OPS 925, and plays solid defense yeah. out there in left field. And he's a guy no one wanted to bet on. No one wanted him. And last year's Rookie of the Year, Miguel Carrillo, has rookie, five war this year. Quote-unquote Rookie of the Year. Quote-unquote Rookie of the Year, if you'd like to put it uh, that way. Well, the big yeah. thing with Cisneros is that this year he's accidentally hit lefties well, and that's been it made a big difference. This guy couldn't see the batter's box against lefties. And, and what's now, funny is that and, he has not started a single game against. He has only he has only faced. Uh, he has never faced a lefty starter. He's only faced lefty relievers or pinch hit uh, against lefties. Each one of his 114 starts has come against a right-handed uh, starter. Hmm. But in those 36 plate appearances uh, against left-handed batters or left-handed pitchers, excuse me, 13 for 36, one home run, and a 9.44 OPS. It's accidentally been good. No walks, yeah. 16 strikeouts. But uh, uh, Miguel Carrillo's nice little, nice little player, one of the best young players in in the league. Uh, yeah, Is no, that, I, 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 I sort of like on, this team. Can I can I, I say one more thing on Cisneros? Yes, sure. 632 Babbitt against lefties this year. <laughs> How many plate appearances? 36. All right, okay. So it's, uh, let's, let's, it's tiny let's not get too size. carried away. Tiny, right? tiny, tiny. But that's, that's, that's why that happened. Yeah. yeah, so let's take that with a grain of salt. But still, um, he got damn near 500 plate appearances against the righties this year and been pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I do like this. I'm with you, Trent. Though I, I like this team. I think it's the best. I'm trying to put my Homer hat away, but I can't help it. I think this is the best offense outside of Atlanta in the East. Um, I think they're going to score. I like two starters in their team. Their bullpen's okay. I don't think they're a sexy team, but I think they're the best in the North. Yeah, you're right about the bullpen. Looks really good. This is a good little team. Like, they're third and runs scored, fourth and runs against. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good, yeah. solid team. Absolutely. This is, and and that, maybe that's what makes them not sexy, because seeing the straight ones down totally. the column is what's sexy. And you see that in Atlanta, and you see that with the pitching in New York. But it's not, not quite as sexy, and yet yeah. really damned effective in Cleveland. Yeah. So I would love to see New York and their number one defense, number one pitching, number one bullpen, play against Atlanta's number one everything on the offensive side. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if – I don't think either are the best – I don't know if either are best two teams in their division. It's tough. So but who that's, makes that out of the North? I, I just said this speech about Cleveland. I'm taking the Mets. I'm always <laughs> taking the Mets. Give me Pons. 
Do I think they're better than the Indians? No. Do I think they're going to win the series? Yes. Without it. It's funny. Like, when we talk about the Pacific, I always say, all right, fuck what I think is going to happen and just go with logic. So I always pick the Mariners. But with with the North, I can't help it. I just got to go with my heart, and that's the Mets. So I think I'm going to take the Indians. Uh I thought I was going to take the Mets when we started this pod, but looking at this Indians team more, I sort of like them. It seems like they match up a little bit better against the Mets this year than they did last year for some reason. Um, Maybe it's Guerrero out of the lineup, one less lefty in there. Uh, Clark was also a lefty, I think, so he's gone. So so I think that maybe the the right-handed starting pitching in Cleveland doesn't look quite so vulnerable against the Mets pitching. And and same with the Indians on on the opposite side. Their lineup's just flat out better than it was last year. Cisneros gives you a big lefty bat against a whole bunch of righty heavy pitching in New York. Yeah. So, so Nate Nate Clark is a righty uh, for what it's worth. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. I I still like the Mets. Uh, you said you liked this Indians team more looking at it. I like it less, and it's just because of that pitching staff. Ninth in starter ERA, and they lose Mori to go along with it. Um, negative zone rating, eighth, eighth in the East. I, I understand this Mets offense isn't good and it doesn't have Guerrero, but tip sword is not this bad. Chris Fox is not this bad. Chris Fox is a lefty that can hit against these Cleveland righties. Hey, you uh, made gonna... the sale. Quit selling. All right. Well, you got rid of tip sword. You don't have to, you don't have to praise him. <laughs> Chris, Chris Fox and Kevin Pellot are the X factors. If they can hit the righty pitching, then they're going to win that series against the Indians. And I think they do. Man, Kevin Pellot's been the Mets X Factor for ten years now. Yeah, what a weird guy that is. He's, he's won three Gold Gloves, has two rings, uh, two uh, series MVPs. Can't make an All Star team to save his life, but he's always pretty good. Just not quite good enough. He's always really good. Yeah, no, I really like Kevin Pellot a lot. But all right, here's a question, real quick, totally irrelevant to everything. Who's better, Kevin Pellot or Blake Spence? Are we talking like this year? Are we talking like? How about just is is when when their careers are over? Who are you going to think of as the better player? Who's going to get your Hall of Fame vote more more likely? Pell or Spence? Just I quick, think, quick. I think I'll, I, th- I think I'll take I think I'll take Blake Spence, but it's I close. would I would take Pellot because of the accolades. All right, whatever. I think they're now, close enough. Either close enough on the field. Pellot has the accolades. What if you threw Manriquez into the mix? Manriquez over him, over both oh, those guys. Easily, easily. Manriquez okay. is gonna is gonna have nearly twice as much war as those two. Yeah, Manriquez is so damn consistent. Like he's been in the league three years. His numbers are almost identical. All three of them. Oh. Like he just never really, gets hurt. He's really freaking good. I so. think there's a chance he's the world's most underwhelming Hall of Famer who makes it because. He doesn't right. get hurt. Twenty straight. No, that's 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 Pat Covelli, the most underwhelming Hall of Famer. <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. Nah, that's we'll that's fair. He's he's only played 115 games each last three years. But what's he? Uh, he might win, probably win the platinum stick again this year. Uh, who who makes it out of the East? Who makes it out of the West? Who went, who takes home the 2013 Skyline Cup Series? Oof. Trent, go ahead. Uh, I think I'm gonna take the Cleveland Indians to come out of the East um, and uh, gives Grayson his, uh, his chance at the ring. Um, unfortunately, he's going to be stuck facing a Pacific team 
that is really freaking good because it's hopefully going to be the winner of the Seattle uh, California series. And I just can't bet against California. I mean, I just can't, I can't make myself do it. And so I think I'll pick the angels to, to come out of the West and win it all this year against the Indians in the skyline cup series. Man, I like I like those picks a lot. I'm going to take the Mariners, um, over, over the, over the angels. It's, it pains me that they're just by far the two best teams in Sky. There's no way if or but it. There's just no way around it. But I'm going to go the Mariners. Now, the Atlantics and the East is tough because I, I really want to say the Braves because it almost feels like like Dustin wins the ship when his team sucks. It's like the worst <laughs> Mariners team. They fucking win it. The Dodgers win the championship, go undefeated. They're not even any good. And the first time the Pirates won the World Series, they were, everyone was hurt. They were horrible. They just somehow won the championship. So part of me thinks that this is the Braves' year. Like, we're just the right amount of shitty. <laughs> We've been too good in the past, and we're finally experimenting with just being awful. So it might work out for us. But I'm not going to be pull a Jake and jinx myself. So I'm going to take the Mets out of the East. Um, I think it'll be Mets in Atlanta. I could see that series going either way, so take whatever I say out of the East with a grain of salt. But I, I, I think, I think the Mariners... that series—I think that series would go nine games. <laughs> Man, that series is the dream series. That's another thing. The, the Braves, for all we've been, we've never played the the Angels, we've never played the Mariners, we've never played the Mets. We've never even played the Mets. Crazy. Uh, I've been waiting for that series for ten years. Hope we get it. It'll be fun. I think both teams fall to whoever comes out of the Pacific, and I'm choosing the Mariners. So Mariners, Mets. Dustin takes it down again, and I get a shit on Dustin for another straight year. So, I just because I'm, I want, I want to. Virginia's about to go on a run. You I don't know. are crazy. I missed. I'm really pissed that my internet shit out during the Atlantic. You got to say that. I think Virginia's about to go on a run. They match up well with Atlanta. They match up well with Miami. They're going to come out of the Atlantic. The Mets are going to come out of the North. Cubs are going to come out of the Central. Angels are going to win a painstaking seven-game series over the Mariners. And if they lose that series, then I very well may cry and might not be in slack for a good 24 hours. Besides that, Angels beat the Cubs. Mets beat the Black Bears in a hard-fought six-game series. And we see Arturo Aguilar get his... First ever Skyline Cup Series ring. About nine years after he should have won his first. So for the twelfth straight year, Jake is picking the Angels. Is that what I hear? No, I picked uh, I picked the Mariners. I think last year, and I think on the preseason pod. Yes, you did. Oh. Yeah, all right, I was all right. there. Um, <laughs> Dierich was there. Dierich was was physically present. I was the, there. You were there. The one thing you did miss. This is just an interesting like go back. This is what Jake was talking about when he was picking Virginia to come out of the Atlantic um, after I picked the Braves. Uh, if you go through those three teams in the Atlantic, Miami, Atlanta, Virginia, how many pitchers, if you were just drafting pitchers from those okay. three teams, who's your number one pitcher? It's probably Juan Flores, right? How, yeah. many, how many pitchers in do you get 
before you take a pitcher from Miami or Atlanta? We're talking starters or just pitchers? Just just starters. Just starters. You probably go Tarbox two. Um, do, you, do you go even Vega Sword three? three? No, I don't think I go Sword three. I think I go Tarbox two. Vega three, Soto four, tar- Kozak five. Really, you take Kozak over Sword or Cervantes? Yeah, I, I think I do. Okay. I mean, Jake... I mean, I think I think Sword at least this year, Sword is definitely in is in the conversation for that. Certainly, for... but he's he's had a bad last month, and it's only going to get worse. I, I'm just talking about strictly for who I feel most comfortable right. on the mound in the playoffs. Perfectly, it, it, perfectly fair yeah. way of doing it. De- yeah. Definitely perfect, but at the same time, those top two, Flores, Tarbox, uh, those are the two best pitcher, two best starting pitchers that are going to be in the Atlantic. See, the thing is, is, there's a huge drop off, one to two. At the, you're still, you still have to beat Juan Flores. Yeah, and I, I'm not even terrified of Juan Flores. I don't think it's not like I'm play, playing Alvarado or De La Cruz or Pons or Downey. I don't think I think Flores is a little overrated. You, you think he's a, you think he's falling a tier below? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I don't know if he's ever been. He was always a tier below, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He just he's great. Um, he part has, of the sex appeal of him was two pitcher of the year awards. Age. Yeah, he ha- he does, and um, he won each vote by the skin of his teeth. They weren't uh, he had, he had overwhelming. Eight war- he had an eight warrior. He's led the league in ERA twice. Yeah, I think that I no, think he's already he's already got fifty. He's already got fifty war in his career. He's yeah. had a great career. He's been around since he was 22, but he's oh. 30 now, and I don't feel that comfortable with him. Fair yeah. enough. I, I, I mean, fuck. He's obviously the best pitcher in the Atlantic. But man, are you going to take Tarbox over Soto and Vega and feel good about that? I don't know. Over Soto, yes. Over Vega, not quite. Yeah, I'm. It's just it's a it's a debate. I guess is what I'm I'm getting at. Right. I don't feel great about that, and I certainly. Like if I was Seattle or California and I have De La Cruz against, let's say De La Cruz pitches against one of my shitters like Espinosa, like right. fuck, and like nine ninety percent chance that I lose that game. I don't feel that way about Flores. Flores against one of my shitters or one of Miami's shitter pitchers. It's a toss up still. It's not that convincing. Those guys can get rocked, particularly by two of the league's best offenses. Right. So I, I think. I think Virginia has the best starting pitching, but if you want to talk bullpen, if we just did a draft of all pitchers, man, Freilich, Freilich is up there. Naki oh, yeah. is up there too. Yeah, Clegg, Clegg's up there too. Like we have Atlanta for all the bull. We have a lot of bullpen problems. I think we have the best eighth and ninth inning in the entire league. It, it's it's definitely up there. It's up there with uh, Basinger and just whoever hands it off to him. Uh, Ak- <laughs> Akbar and whoever hands it off to him is up there. I'd be remiss if I didn't say Vines and Wagner. Um, but I definitely hear what you're saying. Akbar's yeah, I... been pretty bad in Toronto. Anybody notice that? He's been really good. Pitched pretty bad. 486 ERA in 33 innings. Since he's been a Blue Jay. Just throwing that it's out good. there. He didn't give up a single home run in Montreal, and he's given up five in Toronto. It's a fact. Say, Use it as you wish. Right. Let's say, let's say like a hypothetical. Um, sorry to change the subject back to me, but... Let's say Flores pitches against Espinosa, who sucks, but he can go seven innings. I mean, let's say Flores gives you eight, seven good innings, and uh, Espinosa goes seven innings as well, but gives up three runs. 
you're down by three runs with you got to go through Freilich and Clegg, and I got to go through Tyrese Fitton. Like, I'm not that confident for Virginia to win any of these games because those guys aren't going to go nine innings. Yeah, I, it just their bullpens. I think the weakest out of the three teams, albeit with this with solid starting pitching, but I don't totally have faith. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. Yeah, certainly. I, I actually like that draft conversation. Yeah. Kind of gives you an idea who's actually got the best pitching. This is something else that Jake and I were discussing. We don't we don't have to play this game for long. Who is older, Adam Pressman or Silky Flores? I D-Rich. think Silky's older, but I think it's close. I think Silky, I think Adam's like 26. Silky Flores is older than Adam Pressman. Yeah. Who's older, Adam Cressman or De La Cruz? All right. I, I, I know this one, unfortunately. So I, I feel like I'm cheating, but so I'm not this smart. But it is De La Cruz. De La Cruz is somehow 28 years old. De La wow. Cruz is older than Cressman. De La yeah. Cruz is 28 and a half. Wow. Is Adam Cressman older or younger than uh, Tim Bilbury? Ooh. Uh, so I'm pretty damn sure Cressman's 26. I thought Bilbrey was still 25 or 20. I think it's 25. I'll take Bilbrey. Bilbrey is indeed younger than uh, Adam. Adam Cressman, but not by okay. much. Not by we much. Have, we have established that I'm brilliant. Right. Yes. And we've established that even though it seems like that Spellman's been around for fucking ever, sort of because he Cressman, has not around, Spellman. Or I'm sorry, not Spellman. Both that, both. uh, that that Cressman has been around for fucking ever, and it's sort of because he has been around for fucking ever. He's still only twenty six years old. He's twenty six years old and now shitty. Like and and none of this makes sense to me in any event. That was Jake and I were playing that game, and you know, you know. what the best thing about Cressman is, is that he wasn't always disruptive, but now he is. Right. When, when it I says, acquired him, he was not even selfish. All right. Now 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 Trent, play this with me. Humor me. Can you please read me what it says under Adam Cressman's personality? I remember reading it earlier today and laughing out loud, right? <laughs> like, really? Oh, man, now you're putting a high bar for me. His huge ego has a negative impact in the clubhouse. <laughs> so can you imagine this asshole walking around Fenway <laughs> full of Red Sox who suck and Cressman being like, hey, fuck you guys. <laughs> I used to be good three years ago. <laughs> Back when I was, before I was washed up in 26, I used to be good at baseball. Right. Yeah. And they have that conversation. Just, Back when just I was funny. 22, I was kick ass, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. All, all, right, the girl, all the girls at the bar, like, refused to sleep with him. And he's like, wait, you don't know who I am. I'm <laughs> Adam fucking Pressman. Back when I was, <laughs> right. I used to get, use my fake ID to get into this bar and bang all the girls. <laughs> There are two reward races uh, I'd like to touch on as our parting shots. I think the two foregone big races, um, Andrew De La Cruz for West Pitcher of the Year and Silky Flores for East Position Player of the Year, I believe we can agree those are foregone conclusions. I think that we need to just pay a small amount of homage, perhaps with a candle lighting ceremony or something that's you know sort of sacrilegious, over the really incredible season that Silky Flores is having. God right? bless it's the be- it, it certainly 
It's I, up I, there with Lupe. I, I, I think, think I would still take Lupe, Lu- but I would take hurt, Lupe so because hurt. Lupe played 156. Right. Agree. Agree with you there. But had Silky played 156, then I think this is the best season we've ever seen. I think it's, I think it's, it's up there. Absolutely incredible. Having an OPS of 187 does not happen. Like yeah, an OPS and, plus of 187 does not occur. Like and that in is a, ridiculous. And I know a pitcher's park accounts for that, but a pitcher's park doesn't account for the counting stats, which oh. would have been would have been 55 homers, 140 RBIs, 140 runs. It it was crazy. Um, I kind of feel like Sterling. Just I have a shitty team, and I'm running the back of a great historic generational talent. But it feels great that this guy had this awesome year. He looks like he's going to win four in a row, right. four MVPs in a row, the first ever. And I'm going to say, assuming Trujillo loses, which is still up in the air because he certainly has a case. one more week to do, and we know that he can go bananas. Yeah, you never know. But if Silky is the only guy to win four in a row, man, I think there's a good chance that he's the only one in history to ever go four in a row. And I'm talking about the future because— Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, Silky had a break during some of these years. You know, he I mean, won many, with underwhelming guys, years. How many guys have two in a row, right? Like there really aren't that many. So yeah, Fleming, Covelli, right? That's really, about it. There aren't a lot, right? So, so speaking of Trujillo, it's it's I believe uh, it's a three way race uh, for Western Region Position Player of the Year. You've got Luis Noyola, John Schwab, Angel Trujillo. Angel Trujillo leads the West in OPS with 1,050, leads in on-base percentage and slugging. The knock on him is that he has missed time due to injury. With John Schwab, he has hit 36 home runs. He has 129 RBIs, second and third, uh, or excuse me, fifth and third respectively in the West. He is fourth in the West with a uh, 10-12 OPS and second uh, in war behind Luis Noyola, who is third in batting average, third in on-base percentage, third in slugging, third in OPS. Who gets your vote? At this point in time, um, it's got to be Noyola, I think. Um, remember, I'm not looking at out of, I'm not looking at the game, so I'm doing this off of memory. But you like. Last year's race in the East, I'm bringing up Silky again, but he barely edged out over McMichael and Lintfoot, and it was very, very tight, and Silky got the edge because he was just significantly better despite, despite missing time. Trujillo, I don't know if he's significantly better than Noella is. Um, certainly oh, better, no. but it's not like... I mean, It's for, not for head and shoulders worth, like Silky Luis was. Luis Noella does lead the West in Woba. He has yeah. a 426 Woba. Trujillo exactly. is at 416. Schwab is at 414. Yeah, and that's why it has to be Noyola. If you're going to miss that much time, you have to just be so fucking good, and it's just hard to do. It, you, it's hard to ever vote for a guy who's going to play 125 games. It is really tough to lead the league in Woba and WRC Plus and not win position player of the year. Uh, and that's what Noyola has going for him. Um, I agree. I think that if Trujillo had this, you know, 179 WRC plus in, you know, the games that he's missed, maybe it's not as big a deal. That's sort of what happened to Silky last year. That's what's going to happen to Silky this year. He's just so much better than the second place guy that it doesn't matter that he's missed time. 
but that's not what Trujillo's, Trujillo's numbers say, right? Like it's it's not that otherworldly, uh, and so Noyola I think probably deserves it. Uh, with the tip of the cap to John Schwab, who's one of the most consistent best players in baseball over the past you know half dozen years here. Um, so who who would you vote number two then, uh, Schwab or Noy or Trujillo? I think I would lean Schwab, but um, that's just because I, I generally um am. Like we just said, I'm generally biased towards game sports. I mean, is this is this something that like a massive week, a massive final week for Trujillo, where he bats 600, hits probably right? Well, or for Schwab, for that matter, right? Like Schwab could do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I think he very well could. I think that right now I'm leaning Schwab because I'm such a games played whore, but uh, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Trent. We are, me and Trent are just a couple of horse. That's we it. are that haven't slept. With Adam Cressman, yes. And um, this this next race, I, it, it, one start could be the difference here. It, it is Eastern Region Pitcher of the Year. Um, I've got no fucking clue what's going to happen here. Usually, I have some semblance of okay, this is probably where I'm leaning. No fucking clue. I have no goddamn clue. There are, uh, if my filter uh, would work. Um, there are, I believe, eight pitchers uh, within 0.8 war of each other, and there are eight pitchers within 0.8 or war of each other, and they're not combine, the same eight. And they're <laughs> not the same eight. They're not the same eight, which is really fucky. So there are ten pitchers that I think you could vote for. Yeah. Which is really, really weird. Um, Reminds trying... me of last year, man. The East. I don't know where our good pitchers went, but we don't have that many. Uh, so if I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying this to... kind of goes back to why I'm not that terrified of Flores. You so know, he's one of the ten best. Give me a break. So I think the pitchers that are in the running. I think any one of Troy Pelton, Justin Muller, Yoshihide More, Ted Foley, who is fourth in WAR. Uh, shout out. Ted Foley, uh, Jose Rosales, Ralph Sabin, Blake Shelton, Tim Tarbox, Cobby Shilpert, Mike Showers, Mike Hughes, Sean York, Johnny Downey, John Sword. I think you can vote for any of those guys, and I would not look at you like you had five heads. I think I am currently leaning Pelton because he's got – and the best ERA is still Sword with uh, three one nine. Three one nine point oh two over Pelton. Over Pelton, but then when you go over to FIP, Pelton has a better FIP by half a run, and I think WHIP is sexy. So Pelton has the best WHIP of any of these guys at one point zero two, and uh, that is that is WHIPs WHIPs below one like don't happen. Like De La Cruz is point nine nine, Johnny Downey is point nine seven. That's it. End of list. And uh, and so Pelton's in third place in the whole in all of baseball in 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 whip. Uh, and so I'm going to take Pelton, I think uh, and it's going to make me vomit because I'm going to vote for an infernal. But I think he deserves it this year. I'm right there with you. Um, I we talked about this a couple weeks ago, at least in game weeks ago. I don't know when it was, but we talked about who you'd vote for. And I said Sword. I take the ERA. Um, Pelton's closed that gap significantly it's crazy that i'm considering voting for a guy who's currently nine and ten but (laughs) wins are a team stat i know but still that's just absurd clearly 
you'd think if you're the best pitcher in baseball, you could even give New York Yankees more than nine wins. But Pelton has, in less starts, pitched more innings than Sword. So I, I'm going to give him a big edge there. I know Pelton's had some health issues, but 170 innings and 25 starts is pretty good. Sword's not giving you that much in almost 30 starts. Um, I... I like Pelton. I like Downey. Um, it's it's this is someone that I literally shit on three days ago. I got an, an argument about this player three days ago, and depending on what he does this week, Kabi Shilperord could very well get my pitcher of the year vote. Oh, uh, I think I, there's not a chance. I don't know, man. I'd have a real tough time voting for Cobby. The, the war doesn't like him. The fifth doesn't like him, but it doesn't matter because he's produced. He has a three three six ERA. It's fourth in the East. If he can show up, if he doesn't shit the bed this week and he can add to those East leading 240 strikeouts, if he can lower that ERA to 3-3, he leads in runs against nine war. He man. leads in that statistic. Those home runs, though. Jesus Christ. But he's obviously done something right. I don't know if he'll end up getting my vote. It'll probably be between him, Pelton, and Downey. Maybe Sword if he shows up this week. Uh, if it's the Sword that we've seen over the last month, he's probably going to fall off. Justin Muller deserves a shout-out. He, he's going to lead the East in wins, even though wins is a team stat. But he's second in war. Oh, he's yeah. pitched the most innings. He's right going to close in on 200 strikeouts. It, it it it's going to come down to this last week of the season. Yeah, I, I, I if gun to my head, you tell me to to vote now. I tr- I probably say Pelton, um, but that that could change based on the second the the second game of this upcoming sim. This yeah. is going to be this is going to be the the most difficult award decision I've had to make in a while. And I don't think it's because there are four people that are that deserving. I think it's because there are seven people that are all, yeah, okay. I mean, none of these people, I don't think these people get votes if they're in the West. Yeah, I see. I, I think I'm going Downey or Pelton. Agree with you. I don't think they're getting my vote in the West. I mean, if anything, I, I, I'm just, this is just yeah. I'm just saying, if anything, this has encouraged me. Let's change the rules. Let's put Basinger on the ballot. Bless you. I mean, here, <laughs> like, the. Does... No. No. Oh. I don't, I don't, I don't have any problem putting Basinger on the ballot. I don't have any problem with him being off the ballot. Don't so care. there, there needs to be a minimum innings limit. What would that limit be? Because if, if we lower it to like twenty, then we're going to have seven hundred people on the ballot. Right. Um. Like, what would you lower that inning limit to? Seventy. Sixty. Sixty. So I think you can be. I think you'd be. You can get forty-five saves and have an ERA of 0.5. Just like let's say minutes. let's say that Nakayama, let's say that Osamu Nakayama was eligible this year with his 42 saves and 1.7 ERA, w- would he get consideration from you? Yeah, I think he would, for sure. Okay, I think he's more valuable than a lot of pitchers. I know the you look at the WAR, just like if we're gonna decide between a guy who's gives you three and a half WAR like Downey, or a guy who gives you 2.7 like Nakayama, who's more valuable to their team? Shit, I think it's Nakayama. I think he absolutely would get consideration. Hell, he might be my first place vote. All right, trivia time. Uh, of all pitchers with at least uh, 15 innings pitched in the East, who has the lowest ERA? 15? 50. 5 0. Oh, fuck. I don't have a clue. I would guess some reliever on 
Who's a shitty team that's been really lucky? Uh, it's actually on Montreal. So, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Mark oh. Sanderson has a 1-5-3 ERA in 53 innings. That garbage pitcher with one pitch from Houston who was yeah. on the block for three years? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus, Jangles. Right. You son of a bitch. I got to say, that, that man that... went from Fresno pitching – to five mid-fives ERAs in back-to-back seasons to being like a lights-out reliever with the Montreal Expos. Yeah, that's why this game's infuriating. God damn it, on that note, thank you very much for listening to this 2013 season review. Uh, For D. Rich and Trent, I am Jake. I will see you guys in Slack.